All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And no Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo tonight. In fact, I I would dare we say that we upgraded a little bit and got ourselves a gat. A gat in the house. What is going on, gat? How you doing tonight? Yikes. What's up, Yo-Yo-Yo? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like this is plagiarism. Absolutely. I mean, his lawyers aren't listening tonight. I think they're on a 4th of July vacay as well. There's royalties. There's royalties involved, but I'm going to have to have someone else figure that side of things out because we're just the talent here. I don't even know if we would consider ourselves talent. We're just the the, the voices, the mouthpieces around here. So I'm I'm sure Eddie will let this one slide just because of the situation that we're in right now. And I think he gets the, the gist of everything. But we're glad to have gat here we're glad to have all you guys here this is what we do every single week uh, episode 71 right here right now i hope you guys are ready for a fun-filled show as i said in the the pre-op if you guys will because I, I there's so much to talk about and when we build these shows a lot of shows i feel like and i don't want to speak for them but i feel like a lot of times shows try to find things to talk about for us it feels like we have to kind of filter things out because there's just so much that we'd like to talk about. If it was if it was our way, I think we'd do a five hour show every week. But Easy. we're not going to put Gat through that or Clay Windler for that matter. So we're just going to keep it as, as within the two hour radius as much as possible. I think that is a an acceptable amount of time for us to get content out every single week. But you got to imagine six seven days of no sports talk in this regard. It's just kind of one of those things where you just want to get as much of your thoughts out there as possible. We do thank you guys, whether you're watching the live stream, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for being a part of this as we do each and every week. And we hope that we keep you guys entertained, especially in times like this. And what was months ago that seemed like decades ago was the the complete stop to all things sports. And I'd be lying if I told you right here, right now, that developing and creative weekly content for the show, although there is a ton of it like we talk about... It hasn't been challenging to give you guys what we want to say exactly as we want to say it. And even with that considered, we've had many off-field and off-court stories and debates to discuss on this very show. And in all actuality, it could have been far worse than what we've actually been dealing with. Nevertheless, the pressure to bring bring our thoughts to you and the opinions has never been higher or at least more real. Speaking of pressure... The NBA season is set to resume in the late stages of this month that we have found ourselves crawling into. And there are two teams in particular that I believe have the most pressure on them. No, it's it's not the Clippers or even the 76ers. Two teams with high expectations going into these playoffs. I'm talking about the Lakers and the Bucks. Some of you already knew... You already knew that. But I, but I think there's something interesting to be broken down when it comes to these two teams in particular. I'll come out and say that I believe the pressure on these teams is about as equal as we have ever seen two teams in the same season share. And I'm going to explain why. 
The obvious pressures of coming back from a three-month layoff and avoiding testing positive for COVID-19 is already clearly evident. But to dig deeper, in regards to the basketball side of things, these teams share equal pressure, but for different reasons. For the Bucks, I don't believe their pressure lies in winning the championship. In fact, I don't think they even themselves believe that that's the majority of where their pressure resides. For the Bucks, their expectation since dropping their series to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals last season has been nothing but advancing and picking up from where they left off. The Bucks have to get to the Finals. They have to. They have so much writing on this and so much writing on getting there. If they don't, they can essentially kiss their chances of keeping Giannis away. So that alone is a massive pressure point for this talented, yet unproven team. But even more than that, for Giannis's legacy, he cannot afford another disappointing end to such a promising season. It would be one thing if the Bucs didn't have the MVP favorite along with the most dominant team of the 20, 2019 and 2020 seasons, which they clearly were and they clearly are. But now that we have been now that we have been shelved, now that they have but one goal in mind and it's been pushed back for months, the pressure to get to where they have yet to get to, for all the reasons previously stated, becomes all the more pivotal for their franchise's future. If the Bucks can get to the finals, the pressure is off. Then we have the Lakers. A team built upon the shoulders of a year 17 LeBron James and a prime time, able and ready 27-year-old Anthony Davis. I have been very local, very vocal, in what I expected from this team the moment the news came out that the Lakers landed Davis. I didn't hold back or slow down to think about what I was going to say next because to me, it was an obvious thought and it almost bordered assumption. The Lakers are going to win the 2019-20 NBA NBA championship. And I believe that with everything in me. You've all heard my reasoning as to why it's the names I just mentioned. Sure, that can be perceived as an uh, that can be perceived as an oversimplification, but if you look at the landscape of their competition, no one matches their level of superstardom. No one. And with that said, sur- superstardom comes expectation. And with expectation comes, you guessed it, pressure. LeBron James has been to nine finals and has led his team to eight of the last nine finals. LeBron isn't into the making the finals business. He's in the winning championships business. Sure, the record indicates that he's failed more times than he succeeded in the finals. But if we properly contextualize the appearances, acknowledge the glaring differences in supporting cast and coaching, you will notice that there's no coincidence as to why the outcomes are what they are. Nevertheless, the pressure never sleeps when it comes to LeBron. Constantly under the microscope in cities of Cleveland, imagine the bright lights of L.A. LeBron knew this back in 2018 when he signed with the Lakers, and he knew that now going into 2020 while he's leading the Lakers to the Western Conference's best record into the bubble. Anything less of winning it all will be a failure for the Lakers. And for the first time since 2013, there will be an even playing field in the finals for LeBron and his supporting cast. And when LeBron leads the Lakers to the finals... 
there won't be a Spurs or Warriors dynasty that will await him. This time, LeBron will have the edge, the advantage. So it won't be this opposition that creates the heaping unprecedented pressure that he continues to face, but rather the lasting legacy he's created both cemented and fluid. If the Lakers win the championship, the pressure is off. For now. Both the Bucks and Lakers face equal pressure, but the why could not be more different. Giannis is attempting to create a legacy while LeBron is here to reconfirm his. Should be fun. I'm ready for the show, man. I don't know about you, man. I'm super oh. stoked. We got Gat in the house. Like I said, she's going to be a little vocal tonight. I'm super excited to hear her takes on some things. I hope you guys are ready. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo is out doing his thing. In the meantime, we're here doing ours. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're talking some Chiefs. We have one particular Chief player who is having to accept the harsh realities of business in the NFL. I'm going to explain to you why taking the advice of no anybody other than Le'Veon Bell is his best advice to take. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Number two, I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios is my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And the one and only Miss Gat herself. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. You guys yeah. had a fun week so far? Been busy. Yeah. The best. Do we yeah. have any plans going on tomorrow at all, guys? I feel like this has like been one of those odd years where like we're, we've been so busy working and taking I'll care be, of business. I'll be working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just feels different. It feels like this isn't like a normal... For the July situation we got going well, on here, and obviously here. not. It's, yeah, it's apparently in more not. ways than one. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> obviously not. Yeah. So let's let's bring it let's bring it into into a Chiefs related uh, situation we have going on at this time in in, in July of the, the year of our Lord twenty twenty, if you will. In episode twenty last week, I started the show with an honest statement that I still fully believe, and that's just that, and that's that fan favorite, elite talent, and Super Bowl champion Chris Jones is entering his final season with the Chiefs. And since that episode, six, seven days ago, mm. I've had more than a few people ask to follow up questions in regards to what I expect to see in return if when the Chiefs trade Chris Jones after this season. And, and Trevor actually asked me this very question in last week's show, but I will give you guys my thoughts on this tonight because I want to make it very clear. First off, the Chiefs must get a top 15 pick in a from a trade partner. That, that, that is for, first and foremost. Yeah. With a player, and not only his magnitude, the talent level and what he's already done, Chris Jones being, with also his age to factor in, and the fact that he does not have a trail of injuries in his career. He, he missed his first game of his career last season. And he's going into year five, by the way. Yeah. That has to be first and foremost. And we've seen players like DeForest Buckner getting traded for that same amount of uh, of a haul coming back, and, and Chris Jones is better than DeForest Buckner. Mm -hmm. 
That is first and foremost, and it's non-negotiable. There are no exceptions. That is the beginning of this trade agreement. I would also like to see the Chiefs dra- uh, uh, add veteran depth to the offensive line. As we've talked about many times on this show, and I have made it very clear on what I want to see the Chiefs start to do with the offensive line, they have to treat Patrick Mahomes more than just a superstar player. They have to treat him like a long-term investment. And how do you keep your investments safe? You protect them with an offensive line like the Saints have with Drew Brees, like the Patriots have with uh, Tom Brady all these years. That's why those guys played so long in their careers. They have to treat him the same way, and I think adding that type of veteran presence would only help further along that notion. Mm. I would also, and also, they they would need to get a conditional mid to third round pick, anywhere between third to fifth round pick, to just sweeten the pot. Because I feel like, even with all of these things added in, the team getting Chris Jones is the one that's going to naturally win that trade, just based off his talent alone. Initially, yeah. Initially, yes. And I did reach out to a source of mine. They confirmed that there was there hasn't been any real movement or discussions in regards to a Chris Jones trade, which leads me to believe that the Chiefs fully plan and anticipate to keep Jones for at least the 2020 season and revisit, revisit this unavoidable situation when that time comes. And I started the show off last week with this very thing because I know that this is not going away anytime soon. I know this is going to be something that's going to be talked about at least in some form or fashion for the entirety of the 2020 season. Because I, 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 I want to get your thoughts on this, Trevor. I want to get your thoughts on this as well, Gat. I think because of the fact that we are all influenced by somebody or something in our lives. And Chris Jones, we all know, and he's made it very apparent since last offseason, that one of those influences in his life is Le'Veon Bell. And if we know anything about Le'Veon Bell, it's the fact that Le'Veon Bell created his own path, and he pioneered a lot of things, and I give him a lot of respect for sticking to his guns, sitting out the entire 2018 season, and making it known to the Steelers that he was not going to play for them, and he was not willing to negotiate on a second franchise tag. Right. I fully respect it. I get why he did it. At the same time, Le'Veon Bell completely fucked himself over with, the, with doing that. How did he do that? He lost a season of his, of his career. He's never getting that back. He may have rested his body. He still lost a season of his career. Second of all, he missed out on $28 million that the Steelers offered him. He took $28 million less with the, with the Jets, all because of $2 million in differences in guaranteed money. Right. Like, that is, what, that is what Chris Jones has been listening to. That's the influence he's been getting. So I have a hard time believing. I've been listening to, to uh, Lewis Riddick and other guys that I know that are in the know. Yeah. They obviously acknowledge the fact that Chris Jones is super, super frustrated about all this. And I get why he is. I know he wants to get paid, and he's going to get paid. But he has to understand the harsh realities of business. And this is one of those situations. If Le'Veon Bell could go back and he was honest with himself, he knew he made a mistake, even though he's been defending himself nonstop on Twitter since Chris Jones decided to come out and at Le'Veon Bell with all of this. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Trevor, about how you think this is going to go down, Chris Jones, what you would like to see in a trade partner and, and trade value overall return for the Chiefs if, if and when they are to trade Chris Jones. I'll say this first. The, there's a glaring difference between the Le'Veon situation and the Chris Jones situation. Le'Veon plays a much less significant role, uh, position in football than Chris Jones does. So Chris Jones still, regardless of how you feel about the tweet and his what he said, he still has some leverage because of his importance. And he could, I mean, it would be stupid on his part to, to, to not take the money um, and just play this year. But also, he could force the, the Chiefs to waste money and fran- waste a franchise tag on him when they could use it on someone else or, you know, figure out something else to do with that money or trade him or force a trade, obviously. So I still think Chris Jones does have some leverage here. It's not completely gone because he showed his ass on Twitter. 
Um, not literally, but uh, what I mean is, uh, as far as what we could get for him, as far as a, a suitor or you know a package deal, uh, there would definitely have to be at least either a pair of first round picks and a player, uh, like a mediocre player, or like, like you said, an offensive lineman, which I would I would like to see you know some grab another you know middle tier, second third tier offensive lineman, and then some couple a couple picks that'd be nice, or even just you know another similar player on the defensive line and a pick. Um, but I, I, right now, this is such a weird because there's so much. There's not enough information floating around because this is in a no, normal off season. There's not a lot of NFL news. There's not a lot of you know player chatter, who's available and whatnot because of the, the COVID situation. Because everything's so tight knit in every single organiza- organization right now. So no one's really talking about anything. No one's really discussing anything as far as for what, what we what we can see as far as fans and what's out in the open. So everything, if there is any discussions going on, it's behind closed doors and. With that tweet being what it is, and with Chris Jones feeling comfortable enough to go out there and say what he said, I believe all trust is broken between him and the Chiefs because there's no there's for him to be able to for him not to be able to control himself good enough to respond to some random tweet uh, on Twitter and say I won't play. Period. Le'Veon Bell told me that or whatever he said. However he said it, for him to be comfortable enough to go there on an open dialogue like that for everyone to see. That, that speaks volumes to me, so I can only call it for what I see. Um, so for me, it, it looks like he's going to try his best to – I know you think he's going to play. It, it looks like he's trying his best to force a trade is what it looks like he's trying to do. And I think he might succeed. I think the Chiefs might have to do what they got to do because I don't. Th- this isn't a year where we can waste. This isn't a year where we can waste uh, a franchise tag on a guy that's not going to play and help us make that, run, that, that, that second run to a second Super Bowl. So I think if I'm the Chiefs – I, you know, I say, you know what, if that's how it's going to be and you're going to openly embarrass us and yourself on Twitter, then, you know, so be it. We got to, we got to, you know, figure out something to do and find a trade suitor. I don't know who the trade suitor really is. Like I said, there's not a lot of, I don't really know who's available and what positions and who has the picks. I know there's a few, a handful of teams that have high draft picks, obviously like the Browns, they have a lot of money as well. I don't know who could, what they could package together. I think Detroit has some players they could package together with some picks, you know, the lower hanging fruit teams, um, but I don't really know, man. I don't. I haven't looked enough into, to, like I said, to see who's available and who has the, the money to, you know, conjure up a deal for us. But to me, it definitely looks like he's forcing a trade, and I think that's the direction this is going to end up going. I don't know if he's going to be a chief this year. Yeah, let's get your thoughts on this. I mean, I'm always on team. It ain't that deep, <laughs> you know. Like I'm always trying to look for an angle for why the Chiefs are doing a certain thing. I think uh, when Mike Forio made an ass out of himself this week talking about deals and all this like inside information i think what we can take away from social media that it's a double-edged sword so we're going to see a real cognitive process from our players we're going to see the absolute inside of their mind but at the same time like if you're using Le'Veon bell as a representation of how you should handle things then you're clearly like off the deep end so i don't think chris jones is there i think it's like an empty threat at this point i feel like social media is kind of something that uh, players use to aggravate a situation or to leverage a situation. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to think that he's not going to be uh, making an ass out of himself on social media by doing what Le'Veon Bell has done. Um, but you never know. Yeah. And that's the problem. Is I mean, that, I'm like, not at mad this at Chris point, Jones about no, it. No, you can't be mad. Go get your money, bro. He deserves like, to be paid. Yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, th- 
the few good points that were brought up is that if we are going to do a naming situation, I know we're going to get into that later, uh, at least it would be able to pay our players. Like, if mm. we can't cover it in salary cap, yeah. then at least our brands can, you know? So it's like, if that's Chris Jones's way of trying to get some sort of, like, deal on top of that, then good for him. But at the same time, I don't think that's, like, a representation of where his mind is. I think it's just one of those empty threats of what social media kind of brings this day and age. I, but I, I yeah. actually agree with you, Gat, because of the fact that I think that this is something that Let's not pretend like this is the first time Chris Jones has outwardly spoke on these things. Uh, he also got me unblocked from Q39 Barbecue. What? Like, I will for Look, it's a long story. I was blocked. I was blocked by Q39, Joe's, and I can't remember who else. What the hell did you do to our barbecue joints look, around here? These look, are, what these happened, are what happened was, bad I, was news, in, I was included in this, like, horrible group chat of some sort, and it involved clown porn, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, is that how you became friends but, with Johnny's? <laughs> clearly. So Chris Jones literally told Q39, unblock Gat. He tweeted, like, what? unblock no Gat. And I was like, so I'm forever going to stand this guy forever and always, because, like, Q39 doesn't follow me by any means, but, but at least Chris it. Jones yeah. got me got out of power. that like out of the dark place. So Chris Jones is powerful so on Twitter. A little ounce of loyalty, right? You know? So you I'm know? like, yeah. I can't talk shit about the guy because no, like, no, no matter what, I feel like it's off the deep end, kind of yeah. like I was talking about, and you it, agreed with. That's I mean, if anybody's followed the show for any length of time, they know how much we've not only defended Chris Jones oh, yeah. in this, but we've I also said am. that the Chiefs should pay him. Yeah. But here's the, we we have to eventually come to the realization of what is. We don't want to ram situation. What is is the fact that he is going to be that sacrificial lamb, if you will, when it mm. comes to the, the the tax of having an elite quarterback. Like the Chiefs are going to have to change the structure of how they build this team. If if Patrick Mahomes is on another couple of years of a rookie deal, I get how they could pay Chris Jones. That would make sense. If yeah. this was last year, then we're dealing with him on a franchise tag now, yeah. he would get paid. I truly do believe well, that. Well, if we're being real, like the way the franchise tag is set up is screwed up for the player. Right. It, it's not, ad- I, I it's like not advantageous. It's not advantageous for the player right. at all. It's, right. this is, it, it's, it, his argument is completely warranted, man, because he wants his money now. He's done, earned it. He's a champ now. He's a big part of that championship run. Right. You and know, it's unfortunate so, he plays a position that doesn't touch the talent. ball. Yeah, he's an elite if he, talent. If he was a quarterback spots. or if he was a wide receiver, the Chiefs would handle this thing much differently because I guarantee you the Chiefs wouldn't have Tyreek right. Hill playing on a franchise tag. He's too valuable, and you want to make sure you have that guy long term. And yeah. they're the same age too, so you can't use the age factor. Chris Jones just plays a position that Demanding is more, more of money. a yeah. that is it isn't as important as other positions. Let's just be let's be quite frank here. Now on the side of the Twitter rants, or not even a, really a rant, he just he responded to believe to Arrowhead Live quote yeah. tweeting uh, Mike Garofolo talking about the Chris Jones situation. Um, I mean, credit to Arrowhead, uh, Arrowhead, uh, was Guys, it? or Arrowhead, bro, radio, or Arrowhead, Arrowhead, Arrowhead Live. Arrowhead Live, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's Arrowhead so Live. many of them. Yeah, yeah. well, they, they, they did a really good job of getting him somehow to to respond to their tweet. Yeah. I'll give them credit for that. But all he really said was, I'm not playing unless I get my deal. See, what, what sucks for Chris Jones in that regard is, he, like Trevor said earlier, he has no leverage now. Yeah. I mean, not that he really had any to begin with. I think he still has a little bit because he could he could affect but it. But there's the, no reason in the world for him to sit out because he's missing out on over $16 million. Yeah, he's going to lose money. He's, yeah. he's made his entire career $6.2 million. But is it worth it for the Chiefs to draft, to franchise tag him and just waste the tag on him just for him to sit out? I think it benefits the Chiefs more to act sooner than later and maybe process it. That's uh, why trade. I fully anticipate. Because think about it. You can sit here and say the franchise tag. Know, using man. the franchise tag on a guy that isn't going to play this year doesn't help them. You know what else doesn't help them? Trading him for picks right now. Because that's what you're going to well, get. That, out of but that may not be, but you're playing the long game at that point. You I see what I'm saying? Because playing the short game, you're going to lose. The fact is the Chiefs quicker. have the leverage because they can franchise tag him again. 
and then you can trade him. That's what I think is going to happen. The yeah. Chiefs are going to say, you know what? You're going to play this year because you're not sitting out on $16 million in your position. <laughs> no, that's, you're not the, doing that's it. the biggest leverage of them all. Right. So yeah. they're saying, look, go come here. Make your $16 million guaranteed. You're getting that as soon as you walk in the door. You're making $16 million. Sorry, we got Breland Speaks to replace Chris almost, <laughs> Don't start me. <laughs> don't almost, you? What, what is wrong with you? Yeah, how dare you? I believe him, Have you been out in the heat too long? Do we and, do and like well, a but temperature not, check but on not, you? Not what? to segue to that, <laughs> but to Trevor's point a little bit, the the emergence of guys like Tano Pasino and, and uh, Mike Pinnell coming back, yeah. it does give the Chiefs a little more confidence to say, look, dude, we love you. You're, better, you're our best defensive lineman. You're our best defensive lineman. You are better than Frank Clark. But we can win without you. Yeah. They believe that. Yeah. They came back from 24 to nothing against the Texans without Chris Jones. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that he doesn't help them. There was Obviously, some magic he does. that took place. Yeah. You, 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 let's say Chris Jones today says, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to just play for $16 million. Are, are the Chiefs not the profound Super Bowl favorites? Honestly, man, it depends on his personality. And I think he seems pretty headstrong about... Making a stink about this, and I would agree with that. But here's the thing: we don't know how he this feels. Isn't, this, this isn't a new thing, Trevor. He's been no, trying to get this deal since last offseason. I think players are and a little he played different. Ball than, last year, I know, but Le'Veon Bell did it. He was in a less significant role, uh, uh, role and position, a running you just, back. You just you can't take it literally, though. Like anytime yeah. that you, like you cannot like that's like using Antonio Brown as yeah, like a. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that that, that tweet. No. I know we can we can look in we can make stories of what that tweet means and you know the depths of it and how deep in the rabbit hole you want to go and make speculation of it. All I know is it tells me where his trust is with the organization. Right. Because there's there's nothing – that tells me that it's completely broken down. And he, he feels – he has that little of respect for the franchise. That's a really good point. For Coach Reed mm-hmm. to go out there and publicly tweet that, that I won't play. He said that himself. He probably wanted to, he, that's probably against the, the, the word and the advice of his agent. That's against the – obviously against what the, the, the front office would want him to do. So, I mean, for him to be himself, his own product, Chris Jones, the player, the product, to go out there and say that, I don't, I don't know how they're going to get together. I mean, I know it's happened before. Teams have gotten together and, you know, mended shit talk on, on social media or, or even in the media. Um, but like I said, if he's following Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell followed through with his word. And if he's following through with that, Chris Jones is, is bound to make a lot more money than Le'Veon Bell is, and someone will pay up for Chris Jones and will trade for Chris Jones because he's a much higher prospect and you know a much bigger you know position affects the game much more significantly. So if Le'Veon Bell stuck to his word and, and held out and lost money and looked like a doofus in the long run, honestly, and landed in a spot that's not good for him, let Chris Jones do that then. I honestly, I would just rather be have the foresight and then you know try to get whatever get something for whatever I can out of him because I don't want to tag a guy that's not going to play because there's a chance he doesn't play well, regardless I, of losing money. And or I not. can confirm, I I can confirm that Andy Reid is not playing with he's not going to mess around with guys that are right. going to sit especially out. this year. My point with though is, I'm going to give I'm going to give Chris Jones the benefit of the doubt here. I'm not going to downplay what he said in that tweet because I do believe that is 100% what he believes and feels. Those are his own words. I'm going yeah. to validate what he feels, okay? Right. I'm going to be like a little therapist for a second, okay? I validate what he feels in this. I don't think however it's going to be the ultimate result. I don't believe he's going to sit out. 
No. I don't. I'm going to give Chris Jones the benefit of the doubt. Why I say that? Because he's shown us before, even when he was upset last offseason, he wanted his contract. He wanted to get that money. He wanted to get paid. He felt he was deserving of it back in 2019. Yeah. But he decided last minute, you know what? It's best that I go to training camp. It's best that I show my team that I, I'm here and I'm 100% goal-driven to win a Super Bowl with these guys. And he went out and accomplished it. He actually is- played a part. And I can't confirm something else. I can confirm that the Frank Clark deal gave Chris Jones basically the writing on the wall that this was it. Yeah. As soon as he got as soon as they went and traded for Frank Clark and then paid him a hundred million dollars, Chris Jones realized I'm probably not gonna make it here. This is gonna probably be a two year thing for me in Kansas City. Yeah. So that is where we're at. Is that Chris Jones I think is frustrated because I think he's inwardly expressed and I don't want to speak for him, but if I'm just reading the tea leaves here, I think he's I think he's he's accepting the fact more and more as the days go on that this is his reality. The fact he will not be on the best team in the NFL come twenty twenty one, and he's frustrated because he feels he should get paid, which he should get paid. Yeah. If the Chiefs could do it, I do believe they would. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I mean, his market yeah. value is sitting at $20 million. I think that's not going to The Chiefs are not paying clear. him $20 yeah, million. Dollars. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and but. to be honest with you, I'll push the, I'll push it even further because I talked, again, I, I was talking to somebody I trust very much in this situation. I asked them, is there anybody out there that you anticipate is going to pay him $20 million? The answer was simple. No. Mm. No one is paying Chris Jones $20 million a year. I disagree with that. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm saying that they're, from the atmosphere and the temperature they're getting from all these teams across the league right now, there is no sense that anyone's going to pay him $20 million over a four- to five-year deal. I think so. That might change. I think someone absolutely will. And there's a reason why. And we can defend him in this. Well, he's a champ. Yeah, and he has the Super Bowl tax. Right. He is arguably the best player in his position, not named Aaron Donald. Right. He is 25 years old. Right. Like, all of those factors play in. Again, he's missed two games in his entire career. Yeah. And not, not to mention, not to mention, from everything we've heard, everybody in the everybody in the, in the in the locker room loves the guy. Oh, I mean, he's an absolute character, man. He, he, they're going to make movies about, they're going to make a movie about this. That's the, all his, his, his one-liners and his, 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 you know, moments where he's just talking trash. He's, he's great, man. He, we've seen how he was with, with Philip Rivers, you know, talking trash back and forth. When and he did a Tom shoved. Brady. When he, yeah, when he got Tom saying. Brady's face, I love that That's so what I'm saying. That's why I, when he is gone, because I do see that inevitably being inevitable and he's going to be gone, it's going to be sad, man. But I do think, I, I think maybe, I think the mindset that he has, this is the vibe that I've been getting just from me being observant and the vibe I think that, he's, that he has right now is he knows he's already proven he's a champ. Once and NFL is totally different than the NBA. The NBA racking up multiple championships is huge. In NFL, if you're a champ, you're a champ. It doesn't matter. the The dynasty thing is a rarity in the NFL, as far as you know, being a part of that consistently. A lot of moving pieces in dynasties. A lot of guys don't stick around for the long period and rack up rings outside of quarterback and maybe receiver, whatever, uh, middle linebacker guys that stick around for a long time in those positions. Chris Jones, I think he feels validated that he's a champ. Now he wants to go secure that bag and get that security for the rest of his life and his family, his kids' kids, and the future of his family. I think that's what he's wanting. And I think some guys, I think, including Chris Jones, might be willing to sit out a whole year if he has to to secure those next five, six years of making the bag. And that might be worth it to him. And I think that's where his mind is right now. I think he, I think he's out to prove that, just like Le'Veon did, even though Le'Veon fell short. But I don't think Chris Jones will fall short because Chris Jones is going to be in much higher demand for the, being the age that he is. He's not a running back. He's a defensive end. He's one of the best, if not the best, outside Aaron Donald. So I think he's going to get the money. Well, let's let's it's get, just, if he's willing to sit out a year. And I think he the, might be. Let's get the people's thoughts on this. I mean, what do you guys think is going to happen? Do you guys believe that 
Chris Jones is going to be somebody who actually does sit out an entire NFL season, especially being on the best team in the NFL that can actually repeat how often that does not happen, where yeah. you have an opportunity to repeat in the NFL. Is he going to do that, or is he going to come to his senses and realize, you know what, it sucks, I hate this franchise tag, I hate I'm not getting a long-term deal, but I am going to get $16 million guaranteed, which would almost quadruple, yeah. you know, almost triple, rather, what he's made in his, in his career earnings so far. But before we take a break, and before I would, again, you guys definitely comment on this. It's a live stream for a reason. Um, before we do that, though, I'd like to get your thoughts starting with Gat. Gat, if you could get an ideal trade for Chris Jones, what would you like to see in return? I mean, we just got to go back to, like, Chris Jones' roots in the Chiefs. Like, we're talking this guy at the Combine, fell on his own dick, right? <laughs> He's, like, if you don't do a Chariots of Fire montage with that at the very there, beginning, no. just like, da 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 <laughs> And it's like, are we putting that together? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Clay Windler, hello. I don't know if you're watching this, but please help. Um, But, like, we're talking about something that's literally ingrained in a way of the Chiefs culture. Like, when you get on Twitter level, like, that kind of friendly, I feel like that's why Chris just kind of, like, went off the deep end a little bit. Because he feels familiar. He feels very comfortable. And social media right now is very key. However, if you're looking at what you can get for Chris Jones, the sky's the fucking limit. This is the time to do it, and that's the problem: is that every single repeat team has had to make sacrifices. And I don't want to, like I said, I don't want a Ram situation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the Rams where they have to get you know unload all this shit. Fisher, so it's not going to be a problem (laughs) no matter what. We're out of that. Uh, But no, our coach is uh, not five nine, so that's a really good start. (laughs) Um, And what the fuck, man? (laughs) What the fuck? Am I just going all in? Hierarchy here. My bad. that oh, I did not know. Normally, like, Eddie is over here, and I feel really powerful, <laughs> and so I'm just like, I feel like I can talk, yeah, I can talk a lot of shit because Eddie's right going to back me up no matter what. <laughs> I'll run so right through that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to talk shit on five nine guys. Oh, five I don't know nine why. Yeah, fuck it, five nine out. Our coach and a receding hairline can see above, you know, it's fine. I'm just saying. Um, but that's the problem is that like you look at Chris Jones and we don't even know if sports are going to happen this fall. Let's be honest. So you talk about like what you can get for him. I don't know because like, look at the NBA. These guys are being traded left and right for shit that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if we do anything big right now, I honest to God think that we, if the NFL is going to move forward and we're going to like actually have a season, we need to start putting in those cap and those. Those, those dates where it just is like, no, you can't do this anymore. Absolutely. What about you, Trevor? I don't think you gave us your uh, actual <laughs> haul in return, if you it's, will. It's, man, it's, that's such a loaded question because there's so many other options. I mean, what I would want personally is a couple picks and a player. What 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 position that player is, I, I don't really care as long as it's a player of need. Like you said, another offensive lineman, another like you know middle of the pack or maybe you know second third tier starting right guard or another left tackle that can, you know, be there and, and, you know, as a rotation piece, just in case somebody gets hurt, something like that, or another defensive end, you know, middle of the pack defensive end that we can obviously, because if anything, Brett Beach has showed us, he knows how to go find these guys and, and, and put them in, in Spags defense and utilize it to to their strengths. So, um, you know, you're not saying Jamal Adams, Hey, you know, I still would do that. Having Jamal Adams and Tyron Matthew was just. What's wrong with Jamal Adams? That's just nothing. That would be. Nothing. That's an insult you know that to. That's an insult Matthews to every like other defense in this league. You have those two the guys back. About, the thing about it though, with the Jamal Adams thing is, is first of all, it's not happening. How ironic would it be though if yeah, Chris Jones ended up with, with Le'Veon? That's and the not Jets. an argument. First the of all, it's not happening. It's not an <laughs> actual <laughs> argument. You don't know that, bro. First of all, it's not happening. You don't know that. Two years of control on him. 
And I believe the Jets believe they're going to convince Jamal Adams to stay because yeah. I think they believe that Darnold is going to take a massive I just turn want this to see year him in the red and, and show promise. And the NFC, the AFC East is going to be wide open. I think they believe in themselves, and I don't think the Jets are going to budge off of that. And if he does get traded, if I do offer go Chris to the Jones, NFC. If you offer Chris Jones, I, I still don't think the say, Jets say, take say, it. Say, the teams, think, say the teams are rotated, no, and we had Jamal why. Adams. Here's you tell me you didn't trade him for Chris Jones. Here's why the Jets aren't going to do it because they know they'd have to pay Chris Jones. For sure, but they're one. They don't have to pay Jamal Adams for two years. Yeah, and then we would have to pay Jamal Adams. That's he, my point. He wants to run the same so amount of money. So what the point of doing that? Why, well, Jamal Adams you don't ain't pay getting, Chris Jones. You pay Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams ain't getting twenty million, bro. The Everyone knows that. The safety position is nowhere near the, 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 the of importance. We of know if we got Jamal player. Adams, we, we don't. We were, we'd be paying him maybe around fifteen, maybe thirteen. So you might as well pay Chris Jones. Ah. The Chiefs are not going to go out there and spend big money on a free agent in no. the next year or two. We know what works. Yeah. No, no. That's I, it. Anyways, that's not what I said. You threw that out there. I didn't. <laughs> I don't. Not say, I'm not saying I want Jamal Adams. I'm just saying. I mean, if we could figure something out, yeah, I love the kid. But um, I would like to have a couple. I would like to try to squeeze out. I mean, Khalil Mack got a couple first rounders. I think Chris Jones is just as good, if not better, than Khalil Mack. Um, right up there, same tier players. Um, so if they can, if they can, if the Bears can get, you know, if the Bears can offer up that, I'm sure there's another team out there that would offer up a couple first round picks and a middle middling player. Um, that's what I would want. I want two first round picks, whether it's, you know, two 2021 picks or a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 first rounder and a player. That's what I would want. I don't really care what the position is. Cause we have, we're pretty much good at everywhere. We just need depth pieces. And I would love to have another legitimate depth, whether it's a corner, I would love to have another corner depth piece because you cannot have too many corners, especially guys that can perform and start. So having another corner, you know, to come into the, the, the that room or another, uh, like you said, offensive lineman or defensive uh, line, defensive lineman uh, that you can you know be a rotational piece for Spags. So two first round picks and a player. That's what. All I right, want. so we'll leave it there. Um, again, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on these two very particular topics when it comes to Chris Jones and the Chiefs. One, do you foresee him actually sitting out the entire 2020 season? Or do you think he's actually going to play ball and play with the Chiefs, make his $16 million, and then they, they, you know, we figure out what happens afterward? And also, if the Chiefs were to trade Chris Jones, if they end up doing that, what would you like to see in return? We'd love to hear your guys' input on that. You've already heard, already heard ours. We'll just be repeating ourselves at this point. We'd love to hear what you guys think about that. In the meantime, we're going to take a real quick break. We're gonna, it's usually called the Eddie Hour, but I think tonight it should be called the Gat Chat. Just you know, to be to honor the the the, the lady Gat, you know, I think that I think her, I think her show's still around. I mean, we're gonna get it's that thing back up in July thirty first. Hell yeah, there we go. In the Hell meantime, yeah. it's gonna be a segment on this show. If that's okay, hopefully no copyright infringements on that. So we'll have a Gat chat when we come back. So we'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, yo! Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And the one and only Gat. What's up? I would ask you guys how you're doing, but you guys already said we're doing good, so we'll move right along. Speaking of Gats, we have a little bit of a Gat chat tonight. Usually this segment is called the Eddie Hour, where our guy Eddie sits across from us. 
or in some other dimension, wherever the fuck he decides to go that week, that night. But tonight we're staying right here. We're centralized in the KCPN studios. And our lady Gat has some things that she would like to chat with us to do. So hey, go, you know what? Take take the floor. It's all yours, Gat. What do we got going on tonight? Well, I feel like Eddie always has like some sort of like sermon to give. Like right when he starts out, he's like, Look, I got a lot of things on my mind, but <laughs> yeah. and he kinda like gives like out some sort of like I don't know. He just he just always has his shit together and I just I admire that about Eddie. Uh, he's too busy being in the wilderness tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but we do have a few questions from Eddie also on my mind too. Uh, mostly because we're, I feel like in a society now that's day by day. Yeah. Like we all have to take everything day by day. Uh, COVID is apparently still a thing. Uh, mostly because we're back in the mask, like mandatory stuff. So Eddie wants to know with more and more cases of COVID-19, is it still safe enough for American sports to return? Um, this is a part where I can literally just throw my hands up in the air and say, I don't know. Because, and, and, and if you want to ask me what I hope, yeah, I obviously hope it is, but it just, it, it's, it's one of those things where you don't really know how to react to certain things. Because when you hear about breaking news today, we hear Jimmy Johnson, uh, got COVID or he's diagnosed with COVID. Which Jimmy uh, Johnson though, the NASCAR driver or the, the coach? Yeah, the NASCAR driver, yeah. not the, not the good hair. Cause you have no, to, you have to gauge six, how much, six, six, not Jimmy yeah. with the good hair. We're uh, talking Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Hair, yeah, no, Jimmy with the hat hair. Um, then we have uh, Bill Cowher, NFL co- uh, head coach legend Bill Cowher came, uh, came down with it today. Yeah. So you hear these things and automatically you just you know strikes your heart with fear because of the person and also because of the sports side of things. You know that's going to take a toll on the optics of us ultimately returning. Having said that, I think that there is a certain level of acceptance that is starting to transpire in our society and in the sports world in particular of, look, this shit is going to continue. And until we have some sort of vaccination, we're going to have to do our part to make sure that we just basically try to bend or break break the curve, flatten the curve, whatever you want to call it, and keep as many healthy people as healthy as possible. So with that side of things, you also have the business side of things. And from everything I've been hearing from some of the writers I know and some of the people I know that are within uh, organizations and or the league, in particular with the NFL, which is you know king in America, these leagues are more concerned and driven by making the money and getting back to things as opposed to the risks involved with that. As cold, as dark as that sounds, that is the reality. And if we're going to be honest and self-evaluate and self-reflect for a second, a lot of us are working for companies that have the exact same mind because at the end of the day, cash is king. And And the NFL and the NBA and the MLB are not making money with their players on the sidelines. So they're going to have to get back to this and unfortunately, there is still so much risk involved. I personally don't believe that, that we are at a place where we should be playing sports again. But unfortunately, we live in reality where these players or these these uh, these leagues aren't going to care about that over making their revenue. That's where I stand on it. Man, if, if the question is, is it safe to resume sports? It depends on how you're using the word safe because... Uh, like GEZ safe? Like it ain't safe? Or like... Safe. A lot of I heard if you fuck with him, you get some money. I think yeah, the, I think the obvious answer is no. Though. I think the obvious obvious answer is no that it's not safe. But um, it depends. Like I said, it depends on using the word safe because, <clears throat> like the NBA, if it was so safe, the NBA wouldn't have to go into a bubble, right? So obviously, the NBA is doing the right thing by t- taking the precautions and making it as safe as possible. Doesn't mean it's entirely safe, but they're doing the probably the safest approach possible. Um, as long as they're testing players and and you know. The fact that they have to test players proves you that it's not safe. Um, it's, I mean, there's going to be players who are going to get it in all sports. I mean, baseball, there's going to be players. There's a lot of, like, even, like, Mike Trout, I think he might not even play because he's about to have a kid. 
That's a big deal for the MLB. He's one of the, he's the biggest name in baseball. So if the biggest name in baseball is not going to play. There's a lot of things as far as the safety of it goes. Obviously, I think it's an obvious no that it's not safe to carry on with sports. But I think, like like Lance said, I work a job that's necessary. Lance works a job that's necessary. There are a lot of essential you know businesses out there that have to kind of keep you know that are the bloodline of this country, not only this country, but just lucrative businesses and keeping other businesses afloat across the globe. Um, as far as you know, just money flow throughout other, other sponsorships and other things that the, that sports are connected to. So they have responsibilities there too, not only just the sport itself, but everything else that it's keeping afloat. Um, it's 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 hard to like really judge whether this this the safety of it all. I mean, it's it's going to continue regardless. It, it doesn't really matter what we think if it's safe or not. Obviously, the, the NBA has made their choice. They think that they have a safe a safety way of approaching a safe way of approaching it. The MLB is going to be back here soon, so. As long as I, I think, I just think as long as they're testing people and monitoring the health of these players, um, keeping them isolated, you know, you know, make, monitoring who they're around, you know, if anything spreads. I mean, it's no different really than the. I mean, it's it's even worse than the regular public. Sports are going to be more isolated and, and safe probably than the average Joe out walking around Westport. You know, there, you have a higher chance, I think, of getting it out there than they do being a professional athlete right now in a bubble somewhere. That's just that's and just. And it's so bad statistically. that the NFL is seriously considering. Yeah, to have fans that's who want saying. to go to games to sign waivers. That's what makes it obvious. No, it's not safe. Yeah, but that, we're going to carry on. Tell you right. It doesn't there, matter. Sports safe. is going to carry on whether you, we think it's safe or not. It's not safe. They're basically telling anywhere us, hey, right if now. you're stupid enough to come out here, yeah. yeah, go ahead and sign this so we don't, you know, basically get in trouble if you get, you know, some sort of serious sickness out of this. Right, right. Because the bubonic plague lasted 800 years. I don't think people understand that. <laughs> well, I mean, with technology right. is this far is, this advanced since then. This is a brief cold yeah. at the very first six months, oh, and we're right. fucking losing our mind. No, so I, just what, finally put the key in the door. They're opening the door right, right. now. They're not even fully. This, we're still, we're still learning the virus, you know, or yeah. the, or the hoax, however you want to look at it. But it's, uh, obviously, it's not safe entirely for everybody. Um, Do you but, think Michael Jordan's going to come out with another documentary by the end of this whole thing? Yeah, he's going to end up telling us that he actually had COVID back in the nineties. He it needs a vaccine. It flu game. Oh, yeah, game. it wasn't. A, it wasn't the flu game. It was, it was it the was COVID game. Up in the Utah Mountains. Yeah, nobody knew. Mr. Yeah. MJ knew. himself needs it. He needs a vaccine for them yellow ass eyes. Is and what for he all needs. The lies he be telling. Yeah, I mean, this is also <laughs> Gatchat Hour. I have to know what you guys are going to be doing in worst case scenario. Like we're talking, a lot of people are doomsday yeah. preppers, but you're going to be doomsday. Like if sports do not return, what the hell are you? You two are going to be up to. They're probably just going to become cannibals. Hmm. I mean, that's, I just, that's, that's the next. Yeah. There's a lot of stray cats over by our house. You know, so. I could find another hobby, but I yeah. just I end up just going cannibal. Yeah, yeah. Just flat out, just just straight to it. Yeah, yeah. Hills have eyes. I mean, if, style. It, if we don't get sports in the next, you know, six months. Yeah. It's, the it's over. It's the only way. It's the only way. <laughs> the world's over. It's, it's the only way. It's the only way. It's I mean, has it not I mean, has this year not been the longest decade of our life already? You know what I mean? Like, no doubt, man. I mean, that's yeah, what it has been. And like we've just been going through so many rumors and so many things yeah. up like left and right. I mean, we had like the, the rumor that Arrowhead was gonna be renamed and all that. If you could see Patrick Mahomes have any sponsorship, endorsement, whatever, what company would you like to see him team up with? Like, of any company. Mine would be Slim Jim. I think it's uh, Macho Slim Jim. Yeah, just like Macho Man. I just want to hear... Snap that shit! I just want to hear him say, oh yeah, because be like, oh yeah. It just oh, yeah. Be, and a Macho yeah, Man exactly. outfit. It'd be so uncomfortable. People are like, I gotta just go buy Slim Jim. They should make him the logo. His hair is like perfect for it. Absolutely. And yeah. so I'm just like, he's naturally... So, you got, like, what would you want to see Mahomes endorse? I feel like if he, if he could embrace his voice, I, I would like to see him do some sort of, like, Sesame Street revival. 
you know, where he takes over. <laughs> they should make Kermit. a Muppet, a yeah. puppet for Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, Patty. He's Patty on the him, show. No, him and Kermit. Hey, him and Kermit are having a conversation. Because I feel like it's like it's like it's like Fat Albert and then also a Muppet at the same time. Hey, fellas, go throw a football. Y'all down, Big Bird, go deep. That's it, really. There it is. I, no I think idea. that would be a cool thing. Um, I would like to see him because he's already with head and shoulders, so he can't go with the hair. He's yeah, already, I'm trying to, I'm trying to he, think of who he's, he's not already, with. Yeah, he's breaking down all the barriers. There's like right. no cool like all the barriers that, really. Wow, that's it. Just head and shoulders. That's the only well, barrier. Fubu, he needs to join like, Fubu. That's like the checkbook. Resurrect like Fubu. Care, you know Fubu, you want to Fubu, baby. Fubu. Yeah, hell yeah. Resurrect Fubu. Him and LL Cool J. I think if he could grow a beard, if he could grow a beard, I, he, might, he might get me to, There's no to start way. Casey Patrick Beard Mahomes, again. that's the one thing that Patrick Mahomes can't do, and I don't think people understand this. He cannot but he's still so young. Maybe he's pre still. Hey, he's, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably not. I don't think his dad can either. I don't know. Who knows? Shout out Patrick Senior. Yeah, uh, Pat Senior. I don't, I don't know. Let us know. Answers. I don't know. Can yeah. he grow a full, Some people can't, grow man. man beard? Some people can't. Some people aren't blessed like Look this. Look at you guys. You, know you guys, mean, you guys so. I've been trying to grow one. It's not working. <laughs> like, it's that natural line. Too. I ain't gotta, Photoshopped your face. He's got a beard. Podcasters, that, that you know the truth. It's male flesh-colored. The podcast listeners can hear the brisks. This is the microphone. This is the contour makeup of men. This is a horrible question. I regret asking all of it. Uh, however, Eddie is getting to the bottom of some shit. Oh, here we go. We've got like he while he may not be with us right now. Uh, he is he's wondering. He's gone to a better place. <laughs> he's, he's gone. Camping. He's over there in the corner on the ground. <laughs> he's dead. looking down on us right now. <laughs> he pissed us off before the show, so we just he's took him out. He's not looking down on us in like a heavenly way. He's just always looking down on us hey, in general. His dad hasn't been in the comments, you know, shit yeah. on Eddie. No so one's he called us proud. a bunch of bitches today, so that's a really good start. <laughs> I mean, we're just, it's bare minimum here, folks. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie wants to know if there's a group of investment firms, obviously, that have sent letters to Nike, FedEx, Pepsi, so they can stop sponsoring the Redskins, right? Mm. We know that this has been a thing. Dan Snyder has uh, just been completely bullheaded against us for, I don't know, years, I feel mm. like. So all these companies teaming up against the Redskins to change their name are we going to see a name change in the future? There is no question. Uh, coming into today, I was still pretty worried about it because I felt like Dan Snyder still had some leverage. I felt like he was still going to use his platform to basically override, supersede, veto, whatever word you want to call it, to basically excuse his ignorance and his tone-deaf ways that have just been going on. I think he's had the team since the early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Um I was still worried about it, but when Adam Schefter started breaking things down about how they were, as a, as a collective, as an organization, talking about uh, you know the potential of a, of a name change, and then Adam Schefter and Stephen A. Smith coming out today, both confirming that there will be a name change, just a matter of when, not if, that gives me a lot of hope uh, because of the fact that I felt like this team in particular was one of those... Big time, we talk about break, breaking down barriers with Patrick Mahomes. You want to talk about breaking down a societal barrier. This team is the oldest team in the NFL. And for them to change their name with the history, like Trevor and I were talking before the show earlier, about the owner, the guy that started this franchise, and how blatantly and openly racist he was mm. to all to where we're at right now. And to see that blockade falling, to see that wall falling, this gives me some serious hope because I feel like now there is some true momentum for the Native American people to have their voice heard. I've, I know we've had a lot of people say, well, there are a lot of Native Americans out there that don't have a problem with this. Can I give you guys a little bit of a fact check here? There's a lot of black people out there that are cool with the Confederate flag. Does that make that okay? Used to wear Absolutely it, yeah. not. There are ignorances in all forms and colors. 
Okay? So trust me when I say there are Native Americans out there that do, uh, that are okay and approve of that name. That doesn't make it right. Yeah. Okay, guys? It is not just because a few, well, they said it, so it must be cool. That is not how we do things around here. Logically, you go by what affects the masses. Look at our history as a society. I broke this down just last week about why we are where we are in America, how we got here. Us white people just didn't show up one day. So this is a very real thing. And this goes for centuries. This goes back centuries, not just when they became a football team. That is a simple representation, and they use caricatures like we use propel drinks around here. Let me just put it like that. This is this is something that has been long overdue, should have never been a thing, and now here we are, and here I am triggered again, taking up Trevor's uh, airtime. No, no, I mean, it, this just pr- shows and proves the gradual increase of the power of the people, and I love it. That's what makes America great. You know, supposedly our votes matter, right? So uh, not only our votes should matter as who's leading our country, but everything. Our voice should matter at everything, right? If someone's offended by something, and there's going to be those people that, oh, everyone's offended by everything now. Cancel culture does get out of control. I will admit that. There's a lot of things that just are a little too PC for my liking because I think I'm a little lighter on a lot of things. But this is one of those things. Look, sports has a racist history. In general, baseball had a lot of racist history, a whole lot of racist history. NFL definitely had a lot of racist history, too. They banned blacks from playing for years, for decades, right? Banned them. So let's not act like the oldest team in the NFL has some spotless past. I mean, like like Lance said, the guy that started the Redskins was an outright racist. and had many, many, you can go look it up. Many, many quotes the guy said he was the last owner to sign a black athlete and refused to do it until he was forced to sign a black athlete. That's the guy that named this team the Redskins. You think that name given to this team was out of, you know, respect for the, the, the Native Americans in this country? No. It wasn't. It wasn't. They're, they're it, it wasn't out the powers of, going out. Yeah, it wasn't out. Of, yeah, it wasn't out of respect for these people. Big so don't, listening. Don't, don't give me that. But yeah, uh, the name is definitely going to change, and I appreciate the power of the people. I appreciate FedEx and Nike and all these other companies and the sponsors of that team to force the hand because we know Snyder's been the guy who's outright said, "I'm not changing it as long as on my watch." Right? He's he's made that very clear over the years after he's been pushed on it, which is ridiculous that he can't even have a dialogue about it. Anyways. It's going to change, whether it's this season or next. It's going to change fairly soon. I, I, I feel pretty strongly that it's going to change before the start of this next this season. Well, and I will just jump in real quick because um, Adam Schefter just posted a few minutes ago that according to uh, his sources, the Cleveland Indians mm. are in discussions of changing their name as well. See, this is what I'm talking about. And it's not. Now that this stuff is starting to take place, I understand that there are going to be opportunists and all this. Like, yeah. hey, let's bandwagon this and let's look good too and let's get those good optics and all this. Let's get the goodwill of the people. Right. That's true. But like we talked about earlier, Trevor, even before with the show tonight, so what? Yeah. If, if, if that's the approach you take, is that still not change? I understand that the intention behind these organizations might be to save face and to save their ass and to make money. But if that change make if that change takes place, is that still not change? And I just don't see who it's really affecting. Like, why are these people like they're so, like we've been listening on the radio, people calling in, people on social media making a big stink? Like, why is there even a problem with it? Why is there pushback? Because this is only a good thing. It's only a good thing. There's no negative connotation. There's no negative attachment to this to anything. This is only progressive. This is only positive. So how can we, if you're if you're one of those people that's trying to make this into it? Oh, we're soft now. Oh, this is a negative thing. Oh, I have a problem with it. I don't see the big deal. 
you're the problem. I need you to understand that. And it's not a direct shot at anyone who's doing that. I need you to self-reflect a little bit and see that you're the problem here. Because this is progressive. And if you're suspending progression, you're being regressive. Stop it. Stop it. We're moving forward. We're getting rid of a racial name that needs to go. It's really as simple as that. So... Sorry about your Aunt Jemima. Sorry about all these things you're going you're gonna to fuss about, Uncle Ben's. It just is what it is. We're moving forward. And you're going to forget about it in a month. So shut up. I dig it. Like, I, I really can't say anything besides absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to move forward, and that's the thing. Um, I think part of what we're seeing in sports now is the impact that players have. I think a lot of college athletes can say right now, I think what we've seen at K-State is a yeah. very big example of the power that college players uh, college athletes have it's not just football players um if you were at k-state at this point this is uh one of the last questions of the gat chat hour Mm. or whatever it is going to be called uh finally but if you were at k-state what would you be feeling right now how would you be feeling would you be participating would you give in to saying hey we have to like deal with freedom of speech like how would you be feeling as a player right now um when it comes to the, the the freedom of speech side of things um i feel like that gets loosely um, used because yes, you do have the freedom to, to express yourself. That doesn't that doesn't um, separate you from the line of consequence. That doesn't uh, that doesn't put you in a place where you're no longer uh, able to be criticized. Uh, and when, with the things that we know that came about with I, I forget the the dipshit's name that said what he said about George Floyd. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how anybody could honestly expect no one to be upset about that. Or that, that, that what he said wasn't just brutally horrible, especially with the timing of everything. We're talking about weeks since that took place from George Floyd yeah. for this guy to do this to garner some sort of clout out of this because he's clearly on on a side that that, that excuses that type of behavior. Um, if some some way somehow that that's okay and it's not okay, and so for K State uh, 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 people that go to that school or that work there that feel a type of way, I think their voices need to be heard because you know what? If these types of dipshits are going to be able to say what they want to say or feel how they want to feel, there should be people that should be able to stand opposed to that and say, you know what? You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but I'm going to clamor back. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to clap back. And I'm going to let you know that what you said is not acceptable. It's not of good taste because we're the type we're, we we do we joke a lot around here. Yeah. But at the same time, there are things that I don't feel like with, with the given temperature. Hey, our lights are back on. The big brother must have stopped listening. Given given with the, the the temperature of our society and things like that, I feel like there is a way for you to go about go about can, can, uh, uh, expressing yourself, even if you don't agree with certain things or feel a certain way. Even racist people, th- th- there should be a way for you to conduct yourself a little bit better than to come and outwardly just say something like that just a clout chase. So to answer your question, I don't know how I would feel. I would feel angry, I guess I would say. I would feel very distraught. I don't know exactly how K-State has handled this uh, per se, which is why I kind of want to flip it back to you, Gat, because that is your place. That is your that is your house, basically, out there in, in, in Manhattan. How would you feel? I mean, how do you feel seeing that as a, essentially part of your family? Yeah, I mean, as the Harvard of the Midwest, uh, we would like to formally say that we don't condone hate speech at all. Uh, you're supposed to flinch when I said Harvard of the Midwest, but both of you are just like, yeah, maybe. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, 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 let, yeah. I, let, I let it go by because it was absolutely ridiculous. That's how, right, that's how like, ridiculous our it was. bass fishing I, I championship bad. that we <laughs> yeah. have, as someone that has probably never... I heard uh, your guys' bagminton team's badass. We're pretty yeah. incredible. Like, you know, you got like an all-state guy. You have a crochet, oh, crochet team. Uh, we used to have a question, but we uh, ran out of money. So Cole Bigsby 
Ali's his name. You know? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, super and that's the thing, it's guy. like you get to these things where where it's like you have all this pride and you have immense uh excitement in your school and like we have Gene Taylor, we have Chris uh Kleiman. I mean, I think if anything, this just goes to show you that like the Snyder era is officially over because Snyder was even withholding bull rings and stuff from people that he didn't deem worthy mm. of a bull ring like that kind of like weird over the head thing he what had that kind seeing, of power yeah, yeah but that's the thing is like his reign was a little I don't want to say it was uh, senile because I don't think it was until like the very end he was very much uh, I think we all agree that Snyder could have gone out a little bit sooner mm. and a little bit with a little bit more grace. But with Coach K, we're seeing something that I don't think a lot of K State fans have seen, which is uh, rallying around the players, um, fully being outspoken and saying, hey, whatever they think, we're fully supporting, mm. um, being a, a little bit more diverse and being a little bit more um, tolerant of all people of the coaching staff coming out and saying things because I think Coach K understands that as a white man, as a head coach, he doesn't really have the exact same understanding of what it's like to come up as any sort of minority mm. in a coaching system. Um, but what I think that uh, K-State is really showing is that the power college athletes have is truly in their hands. Yeah. And so even though all the legislature and all the all the money-making stuff is not coming out until 2021, I believe, yeah. um, they're not going to actually be able to capitalize on their likeness and everything else until 2021, we're still seeing some sort of power coming up and um, kind of rallying around the college athlete, which is nice. We don't want to have a yeah. right-wing, like, crazy extremist on campus, but K-State has been um, – I think more or less saying, hey, we're not going to condone this, and there's conduct. I think every campus that you enter, you enter a conduct agreement. Um, I've been kicked out of schools for less, so, you know, yeah. whatever. But uh, it's it's impressive to me to see a Big 12 school uh, deal with this head-on. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, even Charlie Strong was mentioning down when he was at Texas, there was some blowback there, and there were still issues going on. And that was before any sort of, like, public uh, endorsement of um, basically rallying around every single black athlete has happened over the last few weeks. Whatever they feel and whatever they uh, really want to express on their platform is being accepted by coaches. Um, so I think it's really kind of cool to see them leading uh, by example. Um, it's an unfortunate situation to even have that kind of issue on campus. I don't know. I feel like KU's dealt with like diversity in the past. Uh, Mizzou certainly has had issues. Yeah. Mizzou had issues with race before. Not too any long of this. ago. Yeah, it yeah. really wasn't that long ago. And I remember hearing the hot takes happening back at the bar then. So I can only imagine what people are saying now. But I think that if anything, we're learning now. We're we're real time learning. <clears throat> yeah, B- and BJ Kissel, uh, he went to K State, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Chiefs reporter mm-hmm. um, talked about this on his on his platform as well, talking about how. Although this does infuriate him for people to be saying this on campus of K-State or being a a college representation of of K-State to a degree, he also didn't want to give that kid uh, the credence or the the attention. So it's it's one of those like difficult things to handle because you want to take it on head on, but you also don't want to give these types of people. It's kind of like the people that run on the run on a field in the middle of a game or on the court in the middle of a game, like the TVs pan away because they don't want to give these people that platform because if they do that, then someone else, some other idiot's going to do it too because they want to get on TV. Yep. So if you give these types of dipshits that type of attention, the next dipshit's coming. 
And in the next one, in the next one. So if you try to, you have to be very methodical with this. You have to be very precise with this. You have to attack the situation and what is going on and what the message is, but leave the messenger out. It's very tough to do that. Trust me, I get that. But it, it's something that I think that's the that's the approach of how this situation be, should be handled and is being handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts, Jeff? I mean, I'll just say this. I'm all for free speech, even if it leads to hate speech, because when people hate speak, they're exposing themselves. They're letting us know who they really are, and I'm all for that. Please let us know who you really are. I hope these people still keep coming out and can this continue. Keep yourself. Because, yeah, all this is going to do is weed you out. And we don't need those kind of people in our, in our community at all. Those kind of people in our community, you're going to weed yourself out. And it's just funny, and I'll, I'll say this just for, like, white America overall, with all these people that have been coming out, and they, most of these people have been white folks that have been saying all this shit. I mean, you're feeling a, a little bit of pressure now. I mean, imagine how these people, these people that have been oppressed for years have felt they're not even having a voice. You have this voice that you're using, but you're going to use it for that, for hate speech, for negative talk, for more oppressive talk. Uh, we got to get past this. But like I said, that's a whole rabbit hole I can go down. We, we're, we're barely getting tested. Our, our, our rights are barely, quote unquote, rights are barely getting tested. Our history is, you know, getting removed slowly but surely because of a proper cleansing that needs to be taking place and it's been it's been long past due anyways like i said i'm all for the free speech i think that should be supported even if it's bad opinions even if it's even if it, if it goes against you know certain you know uh um whatever's appropriate what, what should be appropriated and who should be cleared to be to being said on a you know a college campus or anywhere and in, in, in a business whatever um any kind of spokesperson or like obviously a student has a voice Obviously, one student can make it stink this big. So be it. I think we should publicize it because we should publicize it and then make an example of these people. Because if we don't, this is just going to be another thing that goes under the rug and this tradition is just going to keep continuing. And these, these people are going to keep going home to their families and spreading it to those next generations of kids. And these same routines are going to be – this is how things like this continue. This is how racism continues. This is how bad ideas continue. Because I think most people are good. I just think a lot of people are, are uh, accustomed to bad ideas. And they carry on these bad ideas and traits, and they pass them on to their kids, and those kids get passed on too. And things just get regurgitated and, and, and indoctrinated into these kids. Anyways, I say all that with saying free speech is – I'm absolutely for it, and every college should p- push for free speech. Everyone should have a voice and opinion, even if it's ridiculous, even if it's outright racist or disgusting. Let's make an example of those people so n- no one's wanting to do that anymore. Simple as that. I agree. Uh, and ladies, if you're watching, that is Trevor. You That's might have me. seen him on Hello. the internet a few times. Hello, I didn't realize what a fan club you had hey. following you. And we haven't addressed this, I feel like, because uh, the ladies of Kansas City love you. <laughs> what can I say? In a way that, like, I was scrolling mindlessly the one time that I was like, you know what, guys? I got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. You guys go ahead, do your thing. The next thing you know, it's just the life, baby. It's his face, just like on Facebook life. feed. It's like, call who him is the this? Firecracker. Yeah. Hey, firecracker. Do Do you have any like like I feel like there's like personal ads that we should take out on this like. Not yet. I'm working yeah, on it. Not yet. Yeah. It. He's shy, ladies. Follow your boy on so. Instagram. Trevor Twidwell. Trevor Twidwell. Follow, are you trying to build up a gram yeah, following yeah. right now? Is that what? This is literally what your podcast is turning. Hey, you into. brought it up. I didn't. I know. I'm up. saying like. 
Here we are. Here we are. Is this your man? I don't know. Sis, this your, let, oh let my know. god. Let me know. Shout out. This is beautiful. IG. No, follow it, your boy. It's, it's always a good time to fill in for the Eddie Hour. I feel like I've done a lot right now. It's good. Um, I feel like I'm very powerful right now. Mm. I could just ask you <laughs> like lightning bolts just shooting yeah, out of your arms and shit. I know. Shit, it's like, I'm like, what other question? I think the one question, that's it. I, I'm going to have to wrap it up with this. An athlete that's not LeBron James that you love, like, no matter what, like, transcends all decades, all years, whatever. If you say Michael oh, Jordan, I'm not going to judge you. Oh, oh yeah. just say that's like a, that's a Don't no. say Patrick. You can't but use like, Patrick. Like, oh, okay, okay, how about this? An athlete dude, like... outside of our market. Okay, fair enough. Uh, because I know mine is Allen Iverson. Ooh, I don't think people understand how much I love AI. Uh, I, I got one. I got one. Okay. And then this is going to piss a lot of Chiefs fans off, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, Peyton God. Manning. Peyton Manning. I loved Peyton. I know. I know. Gat Chat was, was the last one we ever had. I was not prepared for this. Peyton Manning. <laughs> you're, I, you already know mine. Since, yes, I already know. And it's a quarterback, too. <laughs> yep. The, the the thing about Peyton Manning, man, is that it, it's just that southern drawl. You know, he's come from the legacy of Archer Manning. Yeah. And, and he's like the good old boy. Hey. But at the same time, like, he was consistently that's a, that's a dominant that's a in the league. Right there. He was his own system. I just, and in the Papa John commercials, like, fuck Papa Dude. John, first of all. Yeah. But, but Peyton was How hilarious. do you not love Peyton Manning? The, the, yeah, the nationwide commercials, uh, the Peyton. His places His, series was incredible. Yeah. Like everything about Peyton Manning is so yes. Yeah. He throws the football. Dude, you <laughs> suck. So like, good. He was just everything about Peyton Manning is right awesome. That, yeah, like just, it's so bad. Like and I'm glad it happened at the time it did because the Chiefs sucked when yeah, he went yeah, to the Broncos. Yeah. I was rooting so, for him. I ain't gonna lie. At the yes, like I, 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 I loved watching Peyton Manning. I hated that he played for the Broncos. I yeah. absolutely hated it. But it was amazing to watch him drop 55 freaking touchdowns in a season yeah. at 35 mm-hmm. years Insane. old. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's that's the guy. If you really want to out my I'm fanhood, outed, yeah, right here. yeah, I got outed. It's Peyton wow. Manning. It's not even close. Trevor, go yeah. Ahead. And if anybody knows me, obviously Peyton Manning's up in my list as well. I love the guy. You guys can hate all you want. I know it sucks that he was a Bronco. I trust me. I acknowledge all the things Lance has said, wow. but I do. I've always had nothing but love for that guy. My guy, and if anyone knows me personally and has really got in got in depth conversations with me about football, <laughs> if, I, if I wasn't if I wasn't a Chiefs no. fan, if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, you said outside of market, so I got to go here. If I wasn't a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Because I was going to say Tony G. I was going to say Tony G. But, because that's my guy all the time. Um, He's a great guy. Yeah. Shout out, Tony G. Friend of the show. Uh, Friend of the show. Friend of the show. No, I, if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, I would definitely be a cheesehead. I'm, I, I, I've always had a, a, a fascination with the Packers. I've always loved him. Brett Favre was my favorite player until Tony G. So, as a kid, I even had a Favre jersey. I loved him. I loved his style. I loved his, his personality. But my guy is Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback of all time until Patrick Mahomes becomes, you know, who he's tr- trending to become. Obviously, will be that guy. But Aaron Rodgers has been my favorite quarterback for a long time now since he's entered the league. I've, I've loved his. I've always loved his style. I love his personality. He's similar to me. He's really laid back. He has doesn't give a shit type of attitude. Similar to how I am. I, I've always had a fascination with the guy. Um, he's so handsome. He's prickly like Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know? No, he's I mean, I, I think he's still, in my he's mind, self-centered. He's still, in my mind, the best best thrower of football I've Do ever you seen. Do also date bad drivers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would pay for gay. Actually, I yes. would pay for gay. Actually, actually, yes. actually, horrible uh, driver. We will disclose that information. I'm a great driver. Oh. I'm a wonderful well, driver. I literally, I literally drive for a living. So no, he, she asked if you dated any bad drivers. Oh, as oh, in Danica oh. Patrick, and I said, yeah, actually, yes. And we will discuss. If you're listening, and you know who you are, if you're listening, you know, you know who you are. are. They're in that group. That's I a hell yes. I guarantee at least two or three of them are in the group. Um. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, without even thinking about it, Aaron Rodgers is, is that guy for me. So yeah, sounds like you thought it. about it a little bit, yeah. but you know, I, I think about it too much. So. Every time, every time, Rodgers. 
Rogers. Yeah, we seriously appreciate this. Um, I I always tell Eddie that we love when he's on the show, but now that he's not here, I'm, I'm going to say that I, I love the fact that you had this segment. Fuck the Eddie out. I don't think Eddie needs to come back. I know. Yeah, sorry, we're going to recon, you know, re- restructure that uh, contract we just gave yeah. him. Yeah. You know, the one year, zero yeah, dollars. Eddie, you're fucked. Zero Eddie guaranteed fucked, dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have we have a couple more segments for the night. Um, if, in case you missed, unless you've been living on that proverbial rock that you guys have, uh, Cam Newton is now a New England Patriot. And Trevor and I were next to each other when this news broke from Adam <laughs> yeah. Schefter, and needless to say, we had a lot of takes immediately. Yeah. Those takes are still very similar, but I also have a take that I want to bring out to you guys. And it's a smoke and mirrors type of uh, take that I want to bring to you guys about this situation with Cam Newton. Is it really what we think it is? We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Hold up, son. Yeah. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twoodwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guy, Trevor Twoodwell. What's good? And Miss Gat herself. Yo, uh, yo, yo. Multitasking, uh, producing this show on the back end, while also, I would say, dropping some absolute knowledge, some, mm. some bomb facts around here, and, and asking some really good questions. I really appreciate that. Again, that was a, a, a fun segment. A lot more fun than anything Eddie's ever brought to the table, even though he's uh, he's been stepping his game up. But just you know, there's something different. It's just an, in- an ingredient that Gat mm. brings that, that Eddie just simply doesn't. Maybe it's a it's the a female hairline. aura. I, I think it's the mm-hmm. aura. It might be a hairline. Yeah. Well, not yeah. similar to Eddie's aura, I guess. But. Yeah. Well, in case you guys missed it, this week we got the news from one Adam Schefter, just out of the freaking blue, yeah. that the New England Patriots came to terms and agreed to a one-year, one million dollar deal. With former MVP and Super Bowl quarterback Cam Newton. Um, needless to say, when I got the news, I immediately went to Trevor. I was like, bro, I can't believe this actually just took place because well, there's, there's obviously a, a ton of reasons. For one, not six months ago, the Patriots were on a 20-year run with one quarterback. Literally one quarterback. And now, not only do they have another quarterback in, in Tom Brady's stead... It is a quarterback that is the complete opposite stylistically yeah. of Tom Brady. So 2020, needless to say, has been such a fucking weird year in more ways than I can count. And this is definitely one of those reasons as to why. And we've heard the analysts, we've heard the spectators, we've heard all the, the talking heads break this one down about both how it can make sense and how it could not make sense. And I've honestly been on both sides even to this very day. For me, the reason why I never felt like New England was an option for Cam Newton was, for one, I felt like other teams out there that were better suitors were going to come to their senses and go and grab this guy. Because although he couldn't take a physical because of coronavirus, I felt like he's shown us enough in his video simulations and things of that nature that he was ready to go, along with the fact the dude just turned 31. He's still in the prime of his life. Um, And also the fact that if you look at the Patriots... You look at their roster. They didn't get any better from last year to now. 
They have no deep threats, which is Cam Newton's bread and, buster, bread and butter when he throws the ball, which is down the field. He's not a dink and dunk type of quarterback, which the Patriots are going to have to have with a guy with with a, with a team built like they have now. To me, it just did not make a lot of sense in regards to how they're going to put this team together. Now, at the same time, I will say this: you are absolutely fooling yourself if you don't think that one, just just the fact they signed Cam Newton alone doesn't automatically make this offense and this team in particular that much better. Mm. Now, you can look at it and say, "Well, how does how do they fit him into this offense?" And I've heard a lot of people say Cam's going to have to figure out his way to fit into this offense, but I'm going to push back on that. I think if they're trying to make this work with Cam Newton, I think the Patriots are going to have to change their style and fit to Cam Newton. Now, this is also why I believe this all could be smoke and mirrors. I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out for a second. Cam Newton has a one-year, $1 million deal. That is the greatest contract in the entire NFL this season. Especially with the talent that he is. Like Chris Sims said, I don't agree with a lot of things Chris Sims says, but one thing I do agree with is the fact that Cam Newton is still a top 10 quarterback in this league. Healthy, that is that is easily one of the best 10 best quarterbacks in this in the in the current NFL that we have right now. Yeah. But the Patriots are one clever fucking bunch. And because of the fact that they just went off 20 years of Tom Brady, and then they were going to go to a fourth round pick in Jarrett Stidham. The pressure was going to be immense on one Jared Stidham. Because not only is he taking over for Tom Brady, but the Patriots are in a place for the first time they've never been. We don't know what they're bringing to the table. And it's not just because of Tom Brady's absence. We don't know what the rest of this roster is. We don't know how much longer Bill Belichick has as a head coach. We don't know if Josh McDaniels is going to be here for the long term in New England. So there were so many questions and so many shoes and so many responsibilities to fill on Jared Stidham's end that if we look at it and say, what would be the easiest way to work Jared Stidham into this as comfortably as possible to get him to become the starter with the most confidence built within himself? It's easy. You bring in a star veteran quarterback on a low-end deal that costs you literally nothing unless he balls out and gets that $6 million in incentives. Mm. You bring them in. And in the entire time, your mindset as a coaching collective is Jared Stidham is going to be our guy, but Cam Newton is going to take the attention off Jared Stidham. Because once Jared Stidham comes into camp, and once things start to really heat up in the next few weeks, everyone would be looking at Jared Stidham if Cam Newton weren't there. But now that Cam Newton is here... He's going to be the attraction while Jared Stidham continues to develop his game. And if it doesn't pan out for Cam Newton, like we, I think they could, in this scenario, believe, they can just simply cut Cam Newton, and then Jared Stidham is their guy week one. Now, do I believe this is actually how it's going to go? No. I actually believe the Patriots have confidence that Cam Newton can and will get the job done, and I do believe, in all actuality, that Cam Newton is going to be their starter. But there is something about this that just doesn't smell right. Because it is the Patriots. And coincidentally, they decided to make this announcement the moment the NFL handed them down a series of punishments because of their Spygate Volume 2. Oh, yeah, uh, we signed Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, we also got you know a million dollars you know, uh, fine and third-round pick got taken away. And how fitting is it that if Cam Newton plays well and the next season signs with another team, mm-hmm. guess what the Patriots get back? Give me that pick right back. The third-round pick they lost. Yep. So how fitting is that? To me, like I said, this sounds like a means-to-an-end type of situation. 
If you're asking me, if you're asking me to be a betting man, I'm betting that Cam Newton is their starter week one. But do do not be surprised if my conspiracy theory, if you will, my X-Files episode, if you will, plays out exactly as I'm stating. Because I do believe, the Patriots do believe in Jarrett Stidham. I think like what it was a few weeks back, probably about a month back, when we've had we've had this conversation about the Patriots. Even you made your prediction about the Patriots. Um, we all, we all and a lot of the national media are all kind of convinced that the Patriots are going to kind of not necessarily go in full tank mode, but kind of be accept the mediocrity of what's going to be this season, and then try to go for Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of us agreed that that was probably the plan, and it made it a lot of sense for them. I still think that's the plan. I still think that they could possibly trade up in the draft, even if they win 12, 10 to 12 games this year, which I think they will. Um, I, th- I don't think there's any smoke and mirrors. I just think it is what it is. I think they took the best quarterback, um, and he's obviously the non-conventional, non-conventional uh, Belichick kind of quarterback. But I think that's kind of what they want because that makes the Patriots even that more unpredictable. And like you said, I absolutely think that they're going to change their style because they have to. Because Cam Newton, like a LeBron James, is a system. He's a he's not he's not the type of quarterback that goes into a system. He is a system within himself. He brings he's that point guard type of player where he's he has his own things that he does and he uses his mobility and that's how he's always going to be until he gets hurt and eventually retires. Um, I'm not saying he's going to retire by injury, but that's his trajectory is kind of leading towards that. But anyways, I do think Joshua Daniels is still one of the best offensive coordinators in this league, and I do think he will find a way to to, to coordinate uh, Cam Newton and use his special abilities. And that's what I'm saying, because we've never seen the Patriots with a mobile quarterback like that. You know, they've had a statue back there for the last 10 years. Um, no no disrespect to, to, to Tom Brady. But anyways, I, I do think... It is what it is. Like you know, you said that they they got they're going to get that pick back if if Cam performs, and I think he is going to perform. And I think he is going to get those incentives because this is just as good for Cam as it is for the Patriots. Because Cam himself even came out and said this cho- choosing to sign with the Patriots was about respect, not about money. But it is res- it, it, it is a part of being respectful to and, and joining that that you know that dynasty franchise, the historical franchise, you know for what it is. But also the changing the, his stars and his trajectory of the future of his career possibly landing somewhere and being the guy somewhere because obviously we all we all can admit that we know cam's not gonna be the guy for the future it's pretty much a one-year prove it thing and it only benefits both it benefits both sides so it's a win-win for the patriots and for cam because this is obviously benefiting him to have other opportunities in the future um that's pretty much how i feel about it i don't i think that i think the patriots are right on track to be a really good team again i think they're going to win their division again now i don't think um I'm not worried about Cam, you know, having to dink and dunk because, I, like I said before, I think he's a system within himself, and his mobility alone up opens up opportunities for guys, even if they're not legitimate deep threats, to break open downfield because he extends plays. We've seen that with the likes of Big Ben. He has an arm similar to Big Ben, but with way better legs. So if Big Ben can, you know, you know, do a lot with less like he has done, even just last year when he was playing before he got hurt, he was still having good numbers with you know guys no one really knew about. I think Cam Newton can do the same, and I think. Billichek and, and, and Josh McDaniels are hyper smart enough to have success with Cam Newton, I'll, one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. I want to get your thoughts on this too, Gat, because I do. Again, I do believe that he is going. That Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. He is clearly better than Jared Stidham. There's not even a debate. I'm not at this convinced point. that Stidham's the future, though. I, I don't either. I, I mean, the guy's a fourth round pick for a reason. Yeah. I don't um, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you look at this Patriots team as currently constructed. 
how am I supposed to believe that even though I do believe, yes, Cam Newton does make them better than what they were a week ago. Right. How am I supposed to believe this team, given their schedule and given this roster, this aging roster that they have, how am I supposed to believe this is a good fit? I mean, without a doubt, I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that Cam Newton is a quarterback of many hats. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Was, like you that. guys are like supposed that. to be laughing right I like now. that. No, no, no. The fashion thing I love. Literally. I actually love hats. that he, he's a fashionable guy because like, it pisses I so many people right, off. Right, like, because yeah. he's like, like Little Red Riding Hood. Like <laughs> yeah. his grandma yeah. could be like the Big Bad Wolf at one yeah, point. Yeah. And then he might be actually Robin Hood the I next I can't wait till him and Bill Belichick walk into the stadium together with Gucci What are they going to wear? No, they're going to have both Gucci purses together. Okay. Uh, they, I, I'm so excited. They're going to have, like, stilettos on. Like, it's going to get it's gonna Cam's going to walk in looking like Indiana Jones. They're right. going to call him Billy B. <laughs> like, it's going to be... Billy B is going to be coming walking in with Cam. <laughs> Billy B. But, no, I mean, in all, like, on, on the football side of things, yeah. like, this team struggled to score points last season with a quarterback built for the system. So, if they're not going to build this team around Cam... Mm-hmm. They're already in trouble. But second of all, even if they really do have the full intention to build this team around Cam this season, do they have the pieces? I'm going to say no. Well, like, I, that's the thing. It's like we've all waited for Cam Newton to be the sexy quarterback in the NFL, and the Panthers were not going to build the offense. They tried to. Uh, Cam kind of took over at that point. I think that Cam took matters into his own hands and became that uh, multi-dimensional quarterback that we all know that he could be. Um, but we saw him at Auburn, and Auburn was just kind of like a like I feel like he hasn't hit his stride. And if anyone's going to get that out of him, and it's not Andy Reid, it's going to be Bill Belichick. So like, are you, you're suggesting that you you think that we could maybe potentially see the best version of Cam Newton? I I would say yeah, because okay. uh, at this point, I think Cam has nothing left to lose. That's a great point. Um, he has everything to prove as far as being quarterback in the NFL. And when you're teamed up with one of the one of arguably the best coaches of all time, why wouldn't you capitalize on that and yeah. try to be the best version Absolutely. of yourself? So uh, we're, I think we're going to see him putting in more effort uh, if, like I said, 2020 football is even a thing. But no matter what, we're going to see Cam Newton with Bill Belichick. That's going to be like his absolute The other best. dynamic with that, though, is the fact that also this is no normal offseason. So it's not like Cam's going to be able to go in there and learn this offense tangibly. He's going to have to go into the season doing Zoom meetings, yeah. and that does cause that, – that is an effect. Can you imagine a Zoom meeting with Bill Belichick, though? Like, uh, yeah. if, and Cam if, Newton. If you would like to do an impersonation, it would just be like, we're on the Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah, we're just going to go – No, he's, no Bill, Bill probably just has, has subtitles, so you can read what he's saying. You have to hear what he's saying. <laughs> he's typing yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Stephen Hawking. Cut, he's just like he, typing yeah, it out. Yells yeah. uh, in cut-off hoodie. That's <laughs> all it is. But Bill Belichick's like, girlfriend is like one of the most like outgoing, most gregarious people. So I like following her Instagram to see what Belichick's actually up to yeah. uh, when he's like diving off of piers and stuff. It's always hilarious. It's like, But like that's the thing, though, is I think that we're going to see a more personable side of the NFL no matter what we're going back into because these are people going into unprecedented circumstances, especially Cam Newton, uh, because we haven't seen him stretch his legs out like at all. We've just kind of seen him. I mean, the the closest I think he came to like playing with greatness was when he had Jared Allen on his team, and that was like almost like a like a just for show kind of thing. So we we've seen him team up with like almost there, almost that level. But to take him and to put him into New England's structure, it's almost like all right, fine. At least we have something coming up besides what's-his-face Stidham. Yeah. Who? Yeah. I don't think the Patriots would have made the move if he wasn't 
If they, I think there's been something going on for a while between them. I think there's been communications going on between them because that's just kind of how the Patriots work. Oh, shit. We got Eddie back in here. He says, I love you guys. Camel Battle for the MVP. Hugs and kisses. Don't interrupt me, I Eddie. Know, you, Eddie. Yeah. You interrupt Don't interrupt, Trevor. Eddie. You it's interrupt my hour now. That's an automatic prick move. You yeah. spend it a week without pay. Aren't you in a tent somewhere, Eddie? Actually, Jeez. Eddie, pay us. Where are pay you? Pay us for having knowledge you on a show you decided not to show up on. What's going on right now? You bastard. So many... I, I I'm talking like a Bostonian. You bastard. You bastard. Where's the cocky? Where the fuck? Oh, yeah, Eddie, you bastard, you <laughs> wicked bitch. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I, I, we, we love him. You know, wicked knows. bitch is well, like, How are you getting sill service out there in the freaking right? woods, bro? Like, where, where I'm starting to call bullshit. You said you told me you're going to the woods. He's camping in mommy's You could have called in, Eddie. What, you on a Verizon tower? Staycation. Watch out for 5G. Honestly, I, God, I heard, I heard we don't know what Eddie's doing. Whatever. <laughs> Jesus. I Come think, on, I think, I think Cam's going to be healthy. Um, it'll be I mean, fun. Healthy. And if we're going to talk about... The, the the Patriots roster. Let's let's look at the twenty fifteen Panthers roster that went to the Super Bowl for Christ's sake. Running back was Jonathan Stewart, mediocre running back, not great, decent, good good goal line guy. You know, is a, a pounder. Mike Tolbert with his with his backup. Okay, two pounders. <laughs> they have much better running backs already. Double quarter pounder is that double pounders. And he's at pounding. Table Rock Campgrounds. He says, "I hate you guys," and I'll text you. Ah, oh, you know what? Go get bit by a mosquito, you prick. So Let's here we are. Him. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, like, we're going back to saying, NFL so, campground. <laughs> uh, obviously, the Patriots have better running backs than the, he had on this Panthers team. Yep. The Patriots are built on defense. This Panthers team was built on defense, right? And good, strong linebacker core, good, strong linebacker core, and great corners in the Patriots still. Um, his number one receiver was between Jericho Cotri and Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> but they're both deep threats. Yeah, okay, that's... that's <laughs> Ted, Ted, Ginn, Ginn, Ted Ginn, definitely. Jericho back, Cotter, then, back then. Yeah. Jericho yeah, yeah, Cotter, yes, yes. yeah, but Ted Ginn, dude. I forgot we were talking about 2015. one I'm trick like, pony. I get that, but and, and, and compare he, the wide receiving cores. They're not that much different. He did have an elite tight end in Greg Olson. I will give him that. They don't have elite? an elite tight end. Elite? Oh, Greg I, Olson was elite at that time. I would time. say he was pretty oh, fucking amazing. Back I, just, oh, he was I a remember top five. fantasy football Greg Olson. I just want to punch oh, him. Oh, lately. But he's been an Iron Man his whole career. Five years ago, he was a legit tight end. He was a top five tight end easy in 2015 easily. But anyways, I think the team, I think the rosters from top to bottom are almost identically built, mm-hmm. except that the Patriots have better running backs and they have better, much better pass catching. I know you said he doesn't like to dink and dunk, but it's not like Cam can't dink and dunk. He's not the most accurate short range passer, but he, I think there are guys on that roster that can go deep and become deep threats, especially with the extended players with Cam's legs. That's what creates the deep threats. If you're really going to be real, it's not like Ted Ginn was some amazing talent that would, you no, know, but he beat, did beat. have ten touchdowns and the majority of them were forty yard passes on extended plays. If you go watch a lot of those touchdowns, it's it's Cam Scranton. The Patriots. I don't know yet because there's a lot of receivers I don't Cam know Newton's yet. Cam closet. But I can't say. I can't say. I, I think Nikhil Harry, Harry is a legitimate uh, a wide receiver talent. Based on what? His college. Go watch his. He hasn't had a chance to develop with Tom Brady. They didn't really give him much of a chance, and he was hurt. So I think Nikhil Harry could be a guy. I think they drafted another receiver in this past draft, this recent draft too. I can't remember. Anyways, I'm not worried about it because I'm a I'm a Chiefs fan. But I'm just saying I I think that they're definitely going to be much improved. From I think they're going to be a better team than they were last year. I really I do. do. I agree. I definitely agree. I don't, I I don't want to make it sound like that dynamic of having that athleticism at quarterback now is a whole different thing for the Patriots that we're. Quite frankly, never, never really seen. 
with the Patriots. They've never had an athletic quarterback like this. So I think Belichick could have fun this year. And 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 and, and quite frankly, I think he's going to outshine Tom Brady. I think year. they're going to be a better team, but I also think that that's in comparison to a team that had fool's gold last year. Like their record did yeah. not indicate what they really were right. last season. I'm just saying like, as, that as was a team. an eight or nine win team in all actuality. Even if they season, don't win as many games. Yeah, schedule. even if they don't win as many games, I think they're going to be a better team. Their division's team. better. Their yeah. division's better as a whole this year. Yeah. Their schedule is insanely tough, especially the first six weeks. Yep. And the fact that Cam Newton is not only a completely different quarterback stylistically as Tom Brady over the last two decades. Well, they, have, they actually have but a contending all, team uh, team facing him in their division now with the Bills. Yes, that's the Bills. Cool. And, and yeah. also, and also the fact, also the fact that they don't have a normal off season. That is my point. We're talking about a July hiring, yeah, a, a July signing. They, but, how often do you see teams start sign their starting quarterback weeks before training camp? I don't think Cam's that quarterback you need to be worried about that with, though, with chemistry and stuff like that. I can't. I think Cam, like I said, Cam, how many times have we had, oh, the chemistry's not going to be right for LeBron, but LeBron is a system within himself. Oh, okay, when but, LeBron but, goes on, to a team. On. That's high praise for Cam Newton from I'm for saying, LeBron James How do we start comparison. talking about LeBron James? I, I'm using Only the cross comparison two. because the way Only that these guys approach, <laughs> the way that these guys approach the game, they are a system within themselves. They are a system of themselves. Not even the same sport. But Trevor, let, let, let's put this into context. Well, we compare Steph Curry to Patrick Mahomes. Let's put this for context. <laughs> context. Sure. The, the Panthers gave Cam Newton nine seasons, and we can only pull away maybe one or two seasons. We can say, "Wow, he played his ass off." Am I a Cam Newton fan? Yes. Am I a Cam Newton believer? Yes, because he's got raw talent. Yeah. But if one silly thing we numbers. know about Cam Newton is his mechanics are shit. Some of, the, some of the I know Panthers fans. I know all five of them. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. and they told me that, that that's what drives them crazy. They love him. He's never been known but for his mechanics. He's mechanically broken. That mm. is his problem. And furthermore, although we he's be- not Tebow. Let's although chill. we believe, although we Yo, do believe, yeah, I was like, it, how, okay, like he's not mechanically broken. What's worse, Tebow's, Tebow's, Tebow's like arms chopping down wood. Tebow's, like, like, yeah. <laughs> Tebow's up there throwing paint cans. Tebow's up there throwing paint cans. That's a whole really, different thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah is clearly better. He's an MVP for Christ's sake. Like, I'm giving him his respect. I'm just looking at this situation in totality. And I'm thinking, I don't think that this is a great team. Still, I think they're better. Oh, I'm not saying they're great. I, I, think, yeah. I think they'll be better equally, but not in record wise. That makes no, sense. Yeah. No, again, yeah. the schedule is such a different thing. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think of all the teams that made the playoffs last season, the Patriots have the hardest schedule amongst all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm that, just I'm just saying from the chemistry thing, like you're, you're making it sound like it's going to take time. It, it obviously every team's going to have to deal with this outside of the teams that pretty much kept their their collective group together, like the Chiefs and you know other teams. But there's been a lot of movement in the league, so a lot of teams are going to have to deal with that with new pieces coming in. But I, I understand a new quarterback coming in is a whole different thing. So, but I do. I just think Cam Newton is one of those headstrong guys going to come in. And just, there might not be a more motivated player coming into the NFL this I season agree. than Cam Newton. He could very well win comeback player of the year. That's what I'm saying. So I think he's motivated by that. I think he's motivated. He's, he's still young. He can still make a lot of his career. He can still go win a Super Bowl for all we know. Maybe even this year with the Patriots. Who Chills. Knows? I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, I think Chills. it's highly the unlikely. Hot takes are but big I, I, I'm, I'm putting myself in his mind because he's, he's a former yikes. MVP. I'm just I'm, big I'm, yikes. I'm speaking as Massive if I'm Cam yikes. Newton. That's all I'm saying. I think what he can go in there and definitely play. What the fuck is this guy play. talking about What the fuck is this? Is this your cousin, cousin Fitz? He sold it. Get his ass out of here! Like, dude, come on, bro. Like, look, I understand that. I understand that naturally. I, I've embraced that the moment we found out about this. That yeah. Cam Newton is making this team. He's going to take them to another level offensively, as far as just raw ability. Because Tom Brady at thirty was a statue, let alone at forty-two. I'm just not in a position to doubt Belichick, bro. I'm just not. And now you have that much more of a talent at quarterback. I'll I mean, doubt Belichick every day. I think we. I think we figured. I'm, out I'm doubting. Tom, I'm doubting weapons. Tom Brady's success in Tampa before Look, I'm ever if, doubting Belichick. If they had the weapons that suited Cam's style, I would say, you know what? I just this told you the deadly. rosters. The rosters aren't that much different. We don't. We like, don't know. Like, Tom Brady is a moldable quarterback. 
You have System- to, systemically, you, yes. He you can, have to be able to like look at Tom Brady and be like, he will fit in where he needs to. I, I, I trust Josh yeah. McDaniels. Josh he'll McDaniels. find his own strengths in the system. Yeah. Cam's going to have to be coddled to a little bit. That, I don't that's know, based I don't, off what we Belichick know, the reputation be, of him before, yes. I don't know if Belichick's going to really coddle him at all. This is that's a proven year. Thing. This is a proven year because it's not just a proven year for Cam. It's a proven year for Belichick, too. Because think about it. The conversation's going to go on forever. I don't well, know. Who, who, who deserves more credit, Belichick or Brady? Or LeBron James. This is... <laughs> <laughs> and this is why this, you about made me choke right now. This is why I believe that Cam Newton is is here ultimately mm-hmm. is that it is because Belichick knows he does not have any time to waste. That even though time is on his side more than it is for Brady, he knows that time isn't really on his side. If that makes sense, he knows that his days are numbered. Same with guys like Nick Saban and LeBron mm-hmm. James. Um, but but here but here's the thing. I, I want to ask you guys one final question about this whole thing because you guys heard my theory about why I think this could potentially be smoke and mirrors because Cam's entire contract is essentially based upon incentives and the fact that we don't really know what Cam is right now. We can believe something, but we don't really know what he is. And I also do believe the Patriots believe in Jared Stidham. Hmm. Do you guys think there's any chance that my theory could hold up and that there could be some sort of distraction here to ease Jared Stidham into this situation with the massive shoes for him to fill? I think it could be a, a stress relief for Stidham. Because going into the season, we were expecting, you know, if they're not going to make any moves, they didn't draft a quarterback, you know, high, a high draft pick, you know. So Stidham was looking like he was going to be the guy. I never really thought that because I don't. I still don't think Stidham's going to be the guy. I don't. I don't think. I think they're doing a Cam Newton thing, and I think they're going to draft somebody probably next year. I think. I think Cam Newton and Belichick both have every intention of winning this year. I think that's the goal. I think Belichick doesn't want to have a tank here while Tom Brady goes off and goes to the playoffs with Tampa, with Tampa Bay, one of the worst franchises in the NFL. If he goes to the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't want to see that. Belichick has too much of an ego to let Tom Brady go succeed with that loaded roster, which they have every, every intent. They have every opportunity to be a really, really good team this year. It's one of the most, if not the most loaded team in the NFL right now, offensively. Um, I, I think I think Cam I think it's a perfect marriage and I think it's a nightmare for the NFL to be quite honest with you. I know it doesn't seem like much because it's Cam Newton. We haven't really seen him play like Cam Newton in a while, but it's still Bill Belichick. It's still Cam Newton. They both have a chip on their shoulder. Both those guys teaming up and having a chip on their shoulder with the athleticism and the and the, and the brainiac that Belichick is. I think it's kind of a nightmare combination. If I'm being honest, I think they're going to be a really good team. I'm not saying they're great yet. But I have that's how high I respect I have for Belichick and Cam's athleticism. And we've seen Cam's athleticism lead a, a very mediocre offensive roster to the Super Bowl and lead and, and lose to one of the greatest defensive teams we've ever seen in the Broncos. So I, he's got a good defense behind him in, in New England. He's got one of the he's got the greatest coach of all time on on his side. I just I think it's a good marriage, and I think they both have a chip on their shoulder, and that's kind of scary, man. What do you think is going to look better, Cam Newton in a in a that those New England Patriots jerseys or Bill Belichick when he comes in with that Gucci purse? Because that's that's <laughs> inevitable. What do you I think? I think it's going to be Gucci fanny pack if I, we're going to go. Billy B is going to be rocking. Uh, historically speaking, let's go with uh, we can look at Tom Brady, Michael Bishop thing, Drew Bledsoe. Mm. What's historically better, like to be the main target and be the, like the main front runner guy? Or you just go back and you're like, eh, you know, we'll see what happens, whatever. I think lay low, don't let your ego get involved, Cam Newton. If I could speak directly to you, wear a very like low level undercover hat. Don't do anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, leave the grandma hats for the playoffs. Wear something beige. <laughs> yeah, maybe beige, like a nice New England beige, which all of New England <laughs> New is England beige. beige. Like a different type of yeah, beige. Like, it's not it's not New England like being racist at all. Each it's shouter. just they're all just beige and it's fine. Yeah. Uh but it's like a like a clamshell beige. Um <laughs> 
Mm, but to detail. me, it's like you look at you look at New England, and they're not good. I mean, the fucking radio guys; those guys are off <sighs> the hinge, yeah. right? These people are just nuts. And so, I love it, when though. it comes to Boston they're so sports, they're they're so passionate, yeah. and it kind of oh, mimics yeah. Kansas City in a way that like radio figures here are kind of gods treated like that, at least. So you look at what Kim Newt can walk into. And he has the chance of a lifetime here, mm-hmm. and he's going to capitalize on it. I don't think that Cam's going to let another franchise slip, you know, under his belt. Like, yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen. Where I'm stoked if I'm a Pats fan. There's also, yeah. the, there's also the potential. Let's not let's not let this one slide out. If Cam Newton plays well, who's to say the Patriots don't extend him? Like, there's no mm-hmm. reason why they shouldn't. Yeah. If, if they believe in him enough and this goes well enough, like Trevor's anticipating. Why wouldn't they? He's 31 years old. Right. I mean, that's the thing. But, like, again, I'm going to stand by my belief and say I think that he makes them better. I don't think he makes them great because I don't think it's a great fit. It's a tough schedule, for sure. And a tough right. schedule. The fact he just got he just got signed a couple days ago. We're in July. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of factors here. I just don't think that this is going – this is going to go as well as some may anticipate, but he—you're fooling yourself. If you don't think Cam Newton makes yeah. this team significantly better than what they were last year? Because if you watch that offense in 2019, that offense was anemic at best. This Tom might Brady be the, looked awful. This might be the best O line he's had in a long time, too, though. So right. he, he is going to have a lot of protection, which he's not used to, because he's one of the most sat quarterbacks in his uh, over his career. Is one of the most sat quarterbacks, which Don't is like self inflicted for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I just think his escapability and to extend plays is something the Patriots have never had. I cannot I'm, wait for Week Four uh, when they're in Arrowhead because I'm oh, I'm man. already calling. I said it first. I tweeted this out. I said I can't wait for with that. Jared Stidham. It was the appetizer, but now with Cam Newton, it's going to be the Week Four course meal. I think it's going to be a good I, game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about just having football. So I, just, I just want to see Cam versus Pat. Like week Cam versus Pat. <laughs> and then I'll be really And then we'll start talking about week Day four. by day. Cam, Pat, Belichick, let's, Reed. That's going to be beautiful. Let's get, let's get the, the viewers' thoughts, the listeners' thoughts on this. Chime in, guys. Uh, we're at The Spoken Pod on Twitter uh, and on Facebook, The Spoken. Hit us up. Let us know what you guys think on the live stream as well. Give us some thoughts on this. Do you guys think this is going to work with Cam Newton? Do you think he's going to make this team a Super Bowl contender once again? Uh, or is this going to fail? Or are you with me on the on the conspiracy side that this could all just be smoke and mirrors and they're just using Cam as a prop right now just to ease Jarrett Stidham into that starting position? I know it sounds crazy, but the Patriots have done a lot of crazy things in the past, and I think they're going to continue to do so because that's just their MO. So we'll leave it there for you guys to decide and give us your thoughts on it. In the meantime, it is time to go to the Monday Mailbag. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. And again on the Spoken Podcast, it is time to open up the Monday mailbag. And since our guy Eddie's out the table rock, wherever the hell he's at. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have our lady Gat once again save our asses here and uh, open up the Monday mailbag for us. So, Gat, what is going on deep within the confines of the Monday mailbag? I just love that you guys call me a lady. I really appreciate that. It's the only time that anybody ever calls me that. The red carpet um, is laid out. Some say chivalry is dead. Uh, so, any questions you've ever want answered by yours truly? Nobody cared. Nobody ever asked me any questions. But Donnie Couch mm, says, clutch. Hey, Lance, Eddie, Grace, whoever that is, mm. and Trevor... This week was one of remembrance of one of the unfortunate passings of, of course, Joe Delaney, uh, who was incredibly talented but sacrificed his life at the cost of others. 
If he was to finish his career in Kansas City, I think he would have been a Hall of Famer. Do you guys share the same sentiment? Yes. Um, Joe Delaney was one of those rare talents. Um, I, I know that sounds like Homer speak here because he was a chief. It, go, go watch any film of Joe Delaney and tell me that guy was not on the absolute trajectory of making it into Canton. Like, like be real. Like, he, he had everything about him. He was the complete package. And honestly, I'll be real with you, I think Joe Delaney was about 29, 30 years ahead of his time. Yeah. If he'd have played in today's NFL, I think he would have flourished like no one's business. I mean, again, and this is coming from listening to the guys that watched him play in the short time he had in, in Kansas City to, to just watching raw footage of him play in Kansas City. He looked like a man amongst boys a lot of time. And I don't want to overhype it. I actually challenge anybody that's under the age of 35 to go watch that footage because this guy was insanely talented. And if he would have been healthy, I know that's big speculation here, but let's say barring any traumatic injuries, he'd have played 8 to 12 years in the NFL. Yeah. I truly believe he would have joined the rest of the Chiefs in the Hall of Fame that have already made it. And he would have been praised as a as an all-time great in Kansas City. Already is just because of the sacrifice he made, the ultimate sacrifice that he made to try and save those children who were drowning. And, and I, I mean, it's a tragic story, but on the lighter side of this, I do believe that he would have made it. Yeah, definitely. I echo, echo those sentiments as well. Um, definitely an athletic freak, and definitely it was before his time. Um, and would absolutely, his trajectory, his trajectory was definitely speaking for itself. He was creating a path for himself to, you know, on an onward one-way path to that to Canton so it's a yes for me for sure yeah I mean I think it's obvious at this yeah. point uh Joe Delaney I think like reading the Sports Illustrated story back it's rough because I think Connie posted it uh one of the Chiefs groups that I think we're all in but you go and you look back at what he truly did and at that age not knowing how to swim he still jumped in knowing that he was probably not going to get out. He's yeah. an absolute hero. And yeah. that's the kind of stuff that it's, it seems so like cliche or nostalgic. Selfless. Whatever. Just selfless. But that's it. Yeah. And like that's what it goes down to is that like back in the day, these football players were more than just on the field yeah. heroes. Uh, like absolute you, hero. just, you grew up. No, I mean, like we were pretty freaking blessed to grow up in the era where we got to grow up watching Derek Thomas play. Mm. Like that is absolutely not something that you get to watch every day, but like a guy like Joe Delaney would have easily uh, transcended, you what, know, what he did giving up his life. Like he did knowing, like you said that he wasn't going to probably make it out of that lake mm-hmm. or the pond, I believe it was. I think that that trumps anything he could have ever done on a football field. Mm-hmm. He could have, he could have led this chiefs team to multiple super bowls and that would have never come close to what he did off the field. So, to me, he's a forever champion in my eyes in Kansas City, and I, I really wish he would have gotten his opportunity. But I will forever respect the legacy of Joe Delaney, the person, more than just an athlete. Mm. Absolutely. So we are going to take it over to baseball because Donnie Couch, Donnie Couch has got a lot of questions. <laughs> Mostly one: Where the fuck is Eddie? <laughs> Number one: Where is my husband? Eddie Hodge. Uh, wait, where's Billy yeah, Hodge? Yeah, where the hell is Billy? It's like Eddie takes the night off and so does Billy. Like, yeah, uh, we got a, we have more questions Eddie, I know now. you're watching. Is, Donnie, the, is Billy there? They're the same person, guys. Blink twice if you're Have you ever seen Billy and Eddie in the Damn same it, room? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, is, is Billy and Eddie the same is, 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 human? Yeah, because like, usually Donnie gives a shout-out to Eddie Hodge, but he didn't do that this time. I think time. Eddie's I think up to something. Knows. I think Eddie, Eddie. I think Eddie's yeah, up to something. Is this a side chick vacation, I've known you for some years now, bro. Got a lot going on here. Reveal. Donnie's flat out saying, hey, let's go back to baseball. I think... Uh, Solaire hits 31 homers and only strikes out 114 times with a .289 batting average. 
At this point, Lance thinks I'm crazy, but I have one more prediction that the Royals made the wild card. My actual question, is that possible for the Royals to do? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason why is this. We're playing 60 games. Yeah. You have to... Baseball is such a... It's such a unique sport in that regard because... Most, most times in almost every single season, there are teams that make the playoffs and have no business making the playoffs. And that's 162 games. There are teams that win 85, 86, 87 games and make the freaking playoffs. That's absurd. So you're, you mean to tell me that if a young, aspiring Royals team who has Gordo, who's on his last leg, who's you know still playing good defensive baseball, we know this is probably the last season he gets to play baseball, with that motivating factor, with a with a, a changing of the guard, which means these new managers, these new coaching, this new coaching staff is out to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. All this built up tension of being every gone, game matters. not playing at every single game matters. You mean to tell me that a young team like that, with all those things going for them right now, who are already on their way to being good again, you're going to tell me that team can't put together 40 wins? 35, 40 wins, I, I I can see it. I legitimately can see it happening. If Soler picks up where he left off, that type of impact on a 60-game span can absolutely happen. If they start the season out 16-6 and six, or six, you know 17-8, and eight, this team can absolutely make the playoffs. That's almost half the season right there. So get a hot start, make it happen, and then you got yourself a, a playoff team. It is not out of the realm of possibility. Am I picking that to happen? I don't know yet. We haven't made our official predictions yet. Yeah. But that's coming, Donnie, because we're a couple of weeks away from the season starting back up, and I couldn't be more excited because I think that Kansas City is going to have a legitimate baseball team for a 60-game schedule. Yeah, I mean, is there a chance? Absolutely. I think there's a chance for just about any team uh, heading into a 60-game uh, season. Because baseball, I mean, let's be real, baseball is – Majority of baseball, how it works is is rhythm and and momentum. Rhythm. If you if a team is catching rhythm and momentum, they can beat the better talented teams. Talent isn't always king in baseball. It, it helps to be a top heavy team when you have you know big hitters uh, and and big names. But a lot of times those teams don't catch fire like a lot of these young fiery teams like the Royals are. Um, with it being sixty games, literally any team could catch fire and just carry on for sixty games. You know, we've seen great teams. How many times have we seen in just the last decade the Dodgers, just for an example, have the best roster outright? Just in the last couple of years, the Dodgers outright have the best roster, and they always fail in the playoffs yeah. or in the World Series. It oh, it, it's it's they got Mookie Betts this year. Who cares? Yeah, who, yeah. <laughs> and, and no one's. I mean, Congrats. they should be the favorite. Obviously, that that team is loaded once again. Yeah. Um, but we've seen t- teams like that lose two teams that have better momentum and are, are hitting their stride at that time in the in the worst time possible for the for the more loaded roster. So in baseball, out of all sports. The more talented team doesn't always matter. Momentum is huge. If, if teams are catching the stride and, and, and everyone's you know feeding off each other, that's huge. So I think, I think this is a wide open thing. I think it makes it so much so much more exciting uh, for this for every game to matter. So I think it's exciting as a Royals fan. We have something to look forward to, and you have something to kind of you know Solaire. We can see if he can become that superstar that we were possibly hoping he becomes. Oh, he's on the brink, and I will for say sure. this: if this was a one sixty two game schedule. There's no chance in hell I'm picking the Royals to do shit this no, season. No. This because is, this is the, the duration of yeah. that season, they're eventually going to get exposed. Yeah. Unlike previous seasons, the Royals have outed themselves early in April and May, and their season's already done by the second month of the season. Right. They start this season off a little bit differently and be a little bit more motivated with Whit Merrifield and these guys batting on that lineup. 
I'm telling you, man, just don't be shocked if this team makes themselves a run in the in, 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 in the wild card really side situation. Do, just don't be shocked. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I think naturally we all will be shocked. I'm sitting here saying don't be shocked, but it would shock all of us. Well, just making the playoffs would be overachieving. I'm just saying, yeah, with the sample size of this season, knowing good and well if the Royals can get to you know, 30, 35 wins, that's going to almost get you a spot. I don't think it's crazy to say that it could happen. I, I'm just yeah. saying, I, I don't think it's crazy for it to happen. Yeah. So do be shocked, but don't be shocked. I, d- I dig that, though, because I think that, like, if we just put baseball, I think we need, like, six games tops, baseball. That's six it. games. <laughs> Give them all steroids. Get a week of a but, season. But, I mean, if the pandemic has taught us anything, we're hungry for, like, Everybody real, faces every point five competitive, like, part, yeah, like, just <laughs> test. If you don't Four test innings. positive for steroids, you're out. Like, yeah. you, you have to do. <laughs> triple headers, triple headers every week. We got the Indies for the first three innings. And we all the of the I'm sorry four. about your medical history. Like, it sucks. <laughs> like, get out of here. Um, but that's the thing. It's like baseball. We just we're gonna take what we can get at this point. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what the yeah. the players' association kind of figured out. Um, Donnie Couch has a third and final question for you guys. Finish it up. The trifecta. How many wins will Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have as a head coach quarterback oh, combo after the next four years are up? I just I want to go ahead and say, Donnie, I'm not good at math. Yeah. I don't know how many games it is. It's too many. I can't count that high. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, we don't know how many games per season there's going to be yeah. in the future. That, that's a loaded question. Well, they I think they already have, what, 23 wins together just in the regular season mm-hmm. plus uh, four playoff wins. So that's Casual. twenty. That's twenty five total wins, correct? Mm-hmm. Including a Super There's Bowl. There's no way I can really predict this, but if we're just gonna let's just play it along. It's Friday. Fuck it. Let's do this. I'm gonna say that because of the fact that I expect Andy Reid. I've said this several times on the show that he's gonna coach for at least another five seasons. I'm expecting the Chiefs to win at least ten games every single one of those seasons. So let's say fifty more regular season wins. So that puts him at seventy five right there, plus. I, I think they win at least two more Super Bowls in that era in that span. So that's you know three plus three is equal six. So there's yeah, that's I'm gonna say a hundred victories. I'm gonna three I'm gonna plus fuck three around does and say equal six. Yes. Oh, we're counting play, post, <laughs> counting postseason yeah, games. All, all wins. All wins. I'll, I'll say also. a solid round number. One hundred victories. Andy retires with several Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes is just getting into his prime at that time. I think he'll be thirty years old at that time. Fuck it. Let's go with 100. Like, what is he going to be doing? Like, at what he's accomplished at this age, the fuck does he have left to prove? <laughs> nah, I, like, I, you turn 30, he's going to be 30 under 30 for the next six years. <laughs> right. Like, we get it. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, I'm right on par with you. I think that's that's exactly what I was thinking. So I was I was averaging out 10, 10 wins a season. Yeah. And then the postseason wins. So, I, yeah, hundred at least 100 wins. I, I like the question. I mean, it's unfair to speculate that's, on it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's tough. It's fun. Because we're, I mean, we're, we're bypassing any possible bypassing any possible injuries, anything, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I just flat out put a Miss Cleo get on there. Um, sorry, See, Donnie. I was wondering what the fuck that was. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I'm a witch, and that's okay. Uh, most of my boyfriends are afraid of me at all given times. So you should be on American Horror Story. Should, but. I heard they're bringing COVID, uh, Coven back. Yeah. So that's legit. I, I love those seasons. You probably get along with my friend Yukari. She's a witch, definitely too. Shout out to Yukari. Uh, but more, more importantly, most people are just afraid when I start chanting. Uh, they're just like, oh, shit, what is but, she doing now? Yeah. What are we doing it, here? Let's get it, some fire. Let's get some yeah, no, pentagrams. You got a cat we can kill? Uh, I can definitely <laughs> do some spells. I got some like dead bodies upstairs. We have, like good. I said, we have straight Lance, cats. We have Eddie's dead body. Yeah, like, like Lance in the actual KCP and intro was shoving a dead mm. body into a van. Yes. So, you guys thought that was fake? Yeah. We condone like, murder. Uh, uh, well, I mean... In, 
Conspiracy theories. Like I said, we have right here. We're the new info wars. <laughs> we What's have, up, guys? Like I said, at our at our house, around our house, we have a lot of bitch ass stray cats. <laughs> Bitch, that, and we're talking bitch cats. ass. I'm bitch sorry, ass straight cats. cats that walk around our house and get into our cats. trash every day. So, take, take so we have, a, I have no problem rifle. sacrificing a couple of those kittens yeah. for your seances if you I'd want like, to do um, that. They're probably table. carrying diseases anyways. I'm just kidding, PETA. We're not. I'm just no, kidding. I mean, I actually... Just like feral cats are a problem. No, we need you're to talk correct. About this, America. They get into our trash. <laughs> Pete's a friend it. of the show, so let's not try to fuck that sponsor. Uh, you yeah. know what? Right. That's a really bad friend of the show to have if we're going to go that route. Well, it's yeah. like, it's like a friend beard, by proxy. They would probably think that there's something living in your beard and that's yeah, like not appropriate. Yeah, you know? well, yeah the birds they, that pay rent. Lance is still staring at himself, and if, if anybody wanted I'm to know. I'm trying to figure out the, where you got that gif. I want to know. I'm just going to like zoom in on it, so that's that way, anytime that you look at it at this point, absolutely love it. But the Monday mailbag was very tame. Very um, there's no toothpaste questions. I don't know. I was, like, what happened? Have Did, toothpaste was I not enough? Was I'm starting to wonder about Billy this guy. Hodge? I wonder if that was if it was just like one tube, and once I the tube is gone, it's over. Like the whole story's over. Billy Hodge, Eddie Ortiz. There's there's something here. There's a theory because we haven't seen both of them in the same place. Yeah, I hope their favorite yeah. letter in the alphabet's L because guess what's next, guys? Hold this L. <laughs> I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Spoken Podcast, it is time to hold this L. Every single week we like to give out L's and Eddie is passing up on the opportunity to give one out. I mean, I'm sure there's like a salamander or two out there that's you know, pissing them off so they can hold an L, I guess, for them. But the point is we have three L's to hand out. So we're going to go ahead and take no more time wasted and give it right to Gat. Gat, who is holding the L for you this week? I have a feeling this one's going to be very obscure. It is. Only because I'm a self-proclaimed Jay Cutler hater. Do it. Right? I hate his hair because his hair is nice. I hate Jay Cutler. I, I wrote Jay an Cutler. article in 2014 why Jay Cutler is what's wrong with America. Oh. Where's <laughs> the article? I want to, I want to see it. it, it was he cracks on, my shit It was up, also where the Tupac was killed by John Elway article. <laughs> That you guys Same have way. yet to see. We're not right. high enough for that. We are. We are not Where's high the enough. Yeah. There are. There are not enough psychedelics in this room <laughs> to get to that article. You need like Cypress Hill, Snoop, and Seth yeah. Rogen to join us on that. But do you guys like Jay Cutler? Did you ever like him in his NFL career? I. I honestly, I always of liked Jay Cutler. Of course, you did. Never mind. There was. There was. Douchebags stick together. I don't know. I didn't like the <laughs> guy. I didn't know the guy, but from everything I saw, he was just one of those guys. I would never want to. I love his. I love his. 
is no, I don't give a fuck watch. attitude. Let's not pretend that's like, why I love Aaron Rodgers. He's the same type of like, I don't give a fuck yeah, attitude. Jay, like, let's not pretend like Jay, Jay, Jay Color wasn't good at football. He was good. He, he was, was not good, good at football. football. When? He died out. He, was, no, yeah. he, no, he his, fell off hard. His last couple Broncos seasons and a couple Bears he was, seasons. He was like, like he's skidding. still He's still the best quarterback the Bears have He just didn't give a shit. He just didn't give a shit. He's the best quarterback. not saying much. I know, but the point is that he is the Bears best quarterback they've had in 30 years. You had Rex Grossman. Who was horrible? He threw twenty-six. Yeah, one year he wonder. Started yeah. the, he started the pinnacle of bad. Give Jay Cutler that defense. They probably. Win I am that not talking about Jay Cutler anymore. We are not doing right. this. I am out. So what is Jay Cutler? What is what is he about tonight? What Look, is, how is he? I hated out? him. I hated him for a really long time. But <laughs> now that he's going through a divorce and he's getting increasingly more weird. Uh, he had chickens, right? Mm. He has he has chickens. Um, because he doesn't have a lot going on in his dating life, but he is monitoring his chickens all the time. Oh, so there, course, there is a goddamn serial killer amongst his chickens over the last yeah, it's few called weeks. coyotes. But his first Instagram post of everything, like the first Instagram post, we've seen his ex-wife, Kristen, post his butt cheeks on Instagram mm. for everyone to see. But Jay Cutler's first Instagram post is unveiling the chicken serial killer which was unearthed this week as a raccoon. A raccoon? Raccoons so we got ch- wait raccoons. Yeah, they can. Chickens? I was gonna say coyote. They got these weird hands. Raccoons are yeah. creepy. So I, no matter what, they've got these like <laughs> tiny hands. Dare yeah. I say they, they're choking the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> we can't take anything seriously here. We need, this is, this is a direct a quote. Yeah, we need weed for this. We'll sentence. see. This is what he said. This is a direct quote from the build up the suspense. He said, We'll see if it's a coyote, bobcat, raccoon. Stay tuned. And Jay Keller said, It could be anything. We don't know, right? But he said his cat, Thelma, could be a suspect also. Oh, my God. Out. This, fucking but this, is, this Cutler, is awesome. I don't know Jay what you're Cutler talking about. got to the fucking bottom of this, <laughs> and we figured out that the chicken killer was a raccoon. Mm. So what I like to tell fuck? that raccoon, from the bottom of my heart, you have to hold, hold this L. man. <laughs> That's, that's a great bro. L. The most that, obscure that like, L of all time, that, I know. That thing is going to the Hold the Cell Hall of Fame. That's a, that's a detailed chicken killer. Wolf. Yeah. Chicken Murderer killer. of chickens. Raccoon chicken killer. What? No. I did who, not know that Who would have thought? I guess I mean, thought? it makes sense because I see raccoons in the dumpsters of Church's Chicken and yeah. uh, Popeyes. Yeah, Jay Cutler. So like, why, why go to the fried place and get the real thing and just kill it live? I don't know why. Well, do it live. Yeah, he needs his own reality show at this point if that's what's going on. Holy shit, that was a good one. Well, well done, yet. Sorry, well done. No, Just I like that. that was well you guys done. off. No, I loved it. This is an outdoor show now. <laughs> um, don't kill a speeder. So, yeah, a few weeks ago, <laughs> not an animal. Lance was uh, super confident in himself with mm. a specific, as always with a specific take. Uh oh, it hasn't even happened yet, but I think we all know that that take's not going to take place. Um. He was very adamant and, 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 and sure of himself and sure that this team is going to be so bad. Pretty much what Lance said. Are you going to roll that beautiful bean footage? <sighs> no, I don't have the oh, you don't have. Oh, so there's oh. no evidence. Oh, we can go there. We can go there. Stay tuned on the page if you I want know to exactly do that. what episode you're talking about, too. Yeah, I'm sure you do because yeah. you feel like a dipshit now. Um, he probably made a highlight of it, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, no, he did. <laughs> episode 58. Yeah. So, episode hey, 58. He's going he's gonna to hold this all for himself. He might as well just do it himself. I can find just, it. Hold um, it. just like embrace it. I either, either way, Lance Lance was very adamant and outspoken and very strongly willed about this team being trash and they're not going to you know succumb to any success this coming football season. 
with, with meaning the Patriots as far as the Patriots go. He, he said that the Patriots were going to win how many games? Uh, I didn't say how many games. I said they're going to win you less than six. You said they were going to suck. Yeah, I said they're absolutely 100% going to suck. Yeah. So, Actually, I found the video right here. Go ahead, roll the roll the footage. Oh, let me, let, me, let me get some let me get some service in here first. Oh, keep talking though, Trevor. Oh, I'm sorry. I, we might be in Table Rock. Oh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh shit. And I have not done this since we started this show. So I, so confident. Mine I stuck with, but I'm breaking it tonight. He's, just, he's get, so yeah. in love with you the smell the shit. Season yeah. prediction before training camp and preseason. Mm. Oh, keep watching. It's I was like, he probably oh. maybe zoom in on him. <laughs> The 2020, the 2020 New England Patriots are 100%, 100% going to suck. Why do I believe this? <laughs> Why am I saying this? Because the roster Why? was already thin and aging as it was leaving the 2019 season. Mm. Mm. They didn't get any younger outside of their place-kicking 3%er that they drafted. Which is true. Mm. This roster sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, that, that, that where's moment, the lie? At that Much moment, like it was your true. Mother, but the but the also, in your sucks. own words, they just acquired a top 10 quarterback, right? Yeah. So a top 10 quarterback obviously is going to stump that hole and put that whole take to bed. So, Lance, as, as confident as you were, as my brother, as I love you, I'm gonna have to shit on you right now, man. Because I prefer if you just gave me an L. No, that. no, you're, okay. no, yeah, you're, you're gonna Seymour find out tonight right when you now. wake up. Turn off the cameras, <laughs> damn it! You're gonna, Yikes! You're, nope. You're gonna wake up. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna get Charmin as a sponsor. You're gonna wake up with some chunks on your chest. Oh, oh yeah. like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, I'm a lady. So I'm a lady. Obviously, you know, yeah, some ladies like it. Okay, so giving and receiving, it doesn't matter. Ladies, do you shout out? Um. But yeah, with that take being what it was, and now the, Still is. the future, the, the present being what it is now that we know, the Patriots are not going to suck, all right? They're going to blow. Cam, <laughs> Cam Newton is, gonna, is definitely going to make this team much better than it was at that, at that time when Lance made that 100% take certainty. So, as the host of the show, with all due respect, and with all due disrespect, Lance, you're going to have to do me a favor, buddy. And hold this L. It's beautiful because you yeah. know what we got this on tape. So yeah. when I'm right, oh, they're not gonna there's going to be a triple L yeah, that comes can, through this. Can you give a pretty it's meditated L, even no. though you don't know what's going to happen? Lance of the future, look me in the eyeballs. You got this guy on lock. I'm telling you, Cam Newton. I understand he's made this team better. They're still going to suck, man. You're stupid because Lance. you were right all You're along. Stupid. This roster sucks. It got old. It's thin. And they did have a three percenter. They hire or drafted in the in the draft. that's a place kicker. That's that's their highlight. So congrats who gives to that. a shit? I'll accept the other because you know what? I did say that. You did. I did say that. And speaking of things it. that people say that are rather dumb, oh boy. I had a I had a, a couple L's I was going to go with tonight. But before I left to head to the studio tonight, I heard a guy I actually do respect a lot. He's a part of the greatest the greatest pre post game show. Of all time, NBA on TNT, won Kenny the Jet Smith. Yeah. I love this guy. I love listening to his breakdowns. He had a profound career in the NBA. Good person. Yeah, awesome dude. Him and Chuck and, and Barkley, or him and Chuck and, and Shaq and uh, uh, Ernie have a great camaraderie. I love their chemistry. It's the best show ever. Yeah. But my guy said something that is just 
beyond stupid and careless today. And I understand he was pandering because the person he's talking about is on the panel that he was talking on in NBA The Jump today. Listen to these words, and you tell me what your thoughts are. I'm going to give you my thoughts in just a second. If this decides to play today, I don't know if it's going to or not. Your service not very good on it's, it's been bad in here, it's man. Rock. It's Tim Warrock. <laughs> Let me see if it's going to play. Hold on. We're in Eddie's cabin. Bear with me, guys. So here we go. You have it saved to your phone? If I could pick Paul, uh, Paul Pearson's brain and Timmy's brain and put that in certain executives, they would win championships all the time. If I could pick Paul uh, Paul Pearson's brain and Timmy's brain and put that in certain executives, they would win championships all the time. What? If I could pick Paul uh, Paul Pierce's brain and Timmy's brain and put that in certain executives, they would win championships all the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the context is there. <laughs> the context was simple. They're talking about how, and this is a serious topic, about how there are not enough black executives in the NBA, which is absolutely true. There's only a handful of That's guys. sports. Yes, in, in, in all sports, but in particular, a, a profoundly, a predominantly black sport like the NBA not having enough black executives is criminal. So I understood that part. But then Kenny goes on to talk about Paul Pierce, and he couldn't even say it correctly without stepping all over his own words. When he was talking about Paul Pierce, and he said that if you could pick his brain or put his brain in executives, those executives are going to win championships. The same Paul Pierce Mm. that said that the... Uh, uh, the Sixers, I'm sorry, the Raptors and Bucks series was over last playoffs yeah. because the Bucks whooped the shit out of After the Raptors in, week, game. in game one. Yeah. And then that ended up, I think, being a 5-1 to one series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The fact is the Raptors won the series. Or the fact that Paul Pierce, the same Paul Pierce who said LeBron James isn't even in his top ten of all time. Like, we, we all know that our, Trevor and I have a fandom here of, of LeBron James. But anybody and Paul that's, Pierce. Yeah, but anybody that says that LeBron James isn't a top ten player of all time, Needs to go to a psych ward. Yeah. It just that's just factual. That's personal issues. There. Paul Pierce has had a plethora of horrific takes throughout his entire, not just his 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 post NBA career. I'm talking guy, about during his. He NBA said he was a better sh- corner shooter than Clay Thompson. He said he was a better player than Dwayne Wade. The guy, the same guy that shit his pants <laughs> in a same. playoff game. He the guy that shit, <laughs> the guy that shit his pants, admittedly shit his pants in yeah, a playoff game. Yeah. George Brad. and pretended to get hurt and get wheelchaired off the <laughs> off the fucking court just because he needed to go wipe himself. Yeah. This is the guy that if, if we put his mind into executives, they would win multiple championships. Yeah. I'm sorry. Paul Pierce was awesome. He was a Jayhawk. I loved him back when I was a kid. Loved watching him play basketball with Rayful Frentz and, and, and Lester Earl and all those guys. Billy Thomas. I Perry loved Ellis. Perry Ellis. Perry was the oldest player back Clearly in the 90s. Clearly he was there. Yeah, he, he played for 50 years straight. <laughs> I enjoyed Paul Pierce as a basketball player. But yeah. the guy is a buffoon. Let's just call it for what it is. He's Paul Pierce not a is analyst. a moron. Yeah. And so for, for Kenny to say something this irresponsible, I have no other choice, my guy, than to ask you to do one thing for me. And it is... Hold this L! Because that's a horrible take, yeah. Jet. The that's... Jet didn't land on that one. The Jet's still Ooh. in the air looking for ground. Crash that was landing. A horrific Crash take, my guy. Landing. I'm going to start calling Jason Terry the Jet full time now because you Ooh. did not stick the landing, my dude. Did Ooh. not. Ouch. Yeah, that was that's that was trash. Bad. This is yeah. so bad. Danny Manning, Paul Pierce. Danny Manning. 
Paul Pierce is the better player. Oh, oh, oh are you talking about just collegiately? Just in general. Oh, no, no, Paul Pierce. I have, Paul Pierce. I have absolutely no... Paul Pierce, like, is, Paul, Paul Pierce is a Hall of Fame NBA player. Absolutely. Danny Manning was the better college player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny and the Miracles is one of the most untouchable... You can't compare the pro career. You can't yeah. even compare the pro Danny, Danny had a, a plethora of injuries. That Paul just, Pierce was just the better player. Pierce, yeah. I just want to see you guys fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul Pierce is not going to argue. I just hope you guys opposite I love Paul Pierce growing If you want to see us fight, we can just continue this New England Patriots conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you the shit out of each other. Like, that's you too. It's just like, bro, I forgot about that. We gotta go watch that. That's a great that movie. Was literally us and our home too. Tonight and like, and beat the shit out of each other while watching that. That sounds like a great, great time. We just now, you guys see, now you guys see why we are so glad to have Gad as a part of this entire yeah. thing. Because shit. not only is she the one that started the KCP in situation, that we, we are so lucky to be <laughs> a part situation. of. The situation, man. It's a situation. It's a situation. We have something very special and unique here. I don't think that goes without saying. I mean, Gad has put so much time and effort into this. We're so glad to be a part of this thing. It's been an absolute fun time. Time. We, we, we every single week look forward to doing this. We're sad when we don't get to come into the studio and do our show like this because it really brings something out of it that we didn't even know we really had. Yeah. And so I thank you, Gat, for, for doing this. You are a lady, believe it or not. That is that is something we definitely look at look at you as. I'm putting this on my LinkedIn. Right there you now. go. I yeah. It's the spoken words called me a lady. I'm a lady. <laughs> No, we do, we do genuinely appreciate it, and you, you've given us a platform that we did not have otherwise. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show every single week and putting all the time and effort that you do. We do really, truly appreciate it. And so uh, for all the listeners, uh, even Eddie Ortiz, who's out there listening to us in Table Rock, who uh, used to be a part of the show, but I'm going to have to cut his ass like uh, the Patriots are going to do after uh, training camp with uh, Cam Newton. We only got so much space, guys. <laughs> only so much space. We'll, we'll discuss that amongst ourselves after the show is over. But in the meantime, Talk all, all the listeners, all the, all the viewers, thank you guys. This is this is what we love doing. And the fact that you want to be a part of it each and every week for everybody that participates in the Monday Mailbag uh, or just simply watches the show and, and promotes it and talks about it. Thank you. Seriously. Uh, it means it means the absolute world to us. This is what we love to do, and uh, we love that you're a part of it. So in that, now after all the mushy stuff's over with, for Trevor Twidwell, for Gat, for the spirit of Eddie Ortiz, for Jay Cutler's Dead Chickens, I am Lance Twidwell sitting here saying episode one of the Spoken Podcast is over. We're wrapped up. We're done. We're out of this bitch. Love you all. Goodbye. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Nissan believes you deserve a car that thrills you. So we have to ask, does your car thrill you? When you hit the pedal, do you get something back? A chill in your spine? 
goosebumps on your goosebumps? When you take off, do your fingers tighten around the steering wheel? Does your heart beat in your stomach and your breath catch in your chest? Does driving make you feel alive? Because it should. And if your car doesn't thrill you, ours will. This is the new Nissan.